Welcome to the 375th consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, the guy who's trying to hold out the word hello for just as long as it takes to get the show going. And joining me all the way across the city of Omaha is my co-host, Matt. That was, that was loud. You're a loud guy. <laughs> pot calling kettle black, my friend. Mmm, pot. No. Mmm, uh. <laughs> pot. Yeah, that's that's the whole thing with the intro. That's the thing that keeps me going. And it's all legal. It's not. It's it's hemp derived. So it's it's okay yeah. in this state because it's hemp yeah. derived. Yeah. Gets you high as shit. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went a little political, and that'll that'll get put into yeah. the outtakes there, as, yeah, before we even go. started the show. So people yeah. kind of know our feelings about that and how much we dislike yeah. the state with which we live in. <laughs> the, the, the country in which we live in, really. But yeah, yeah. Let's. Well, we, the world. We the, the entire world, the yeah, universe, really the world right? in which we live in is, yeah. is not good. See, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the universe and the world. This was considered mostly by people that were living in this state as a bad move. That's That stands to reason, yeah. <laughs> I'm too high to get the quote right, and it's been a really long time since I've actually read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and I was paraphrasing it anyway. All right, yeah. so this week for our full franchise fest, because on the 75s, the 25s, the 50s, basically every 25th episode, we do some kind of a full franchise fest. Now, yes. at the ends of the year, I kind of combined an end-of-the-year celebration with the full franchise fest, and that's why we've started doing those whole huge franchise runs that we've been doing. <laughs> yeah, Which, obviously. Yeah, listeners will know that, but if this is your first time the show because let's let's say you just wanted to hear a podcast talk about the woman franchise which is kind of i guess the term to use for it but it's not this is the loosest based franchise that we've ever done yes they are all sequels of each other all yeah. right but they were done by different movie companies they were done by different times but they were all based upon the off season and offspring novels and then extended out from uh, there okay now um, those those novels were written by an author named Jack Ketchum and Jack Ketchum is well known for basing his horror in basically the things that men do to each other for whatever yeah. reason. So it's always like this examination of just how awful and horrific human beings can be to each other. And in so in so doing, Jack Ketchum really pushes an envelope and is very hard to ingest for that very reason. But that's because yeah. he does his job so fucking well. It's it's not easy to watch these things. <laughs> no, no. He makes some really uncomfortable stuff that the Girl Next Door movie that we covered where the girl was tortured to death in the basement by her aunt and like a bunch of kids that were being egged on by her aunt. You remember yeah. covering that not too long yes, ago? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That was a Jack Ketchum novel, but that was actually based on a real case of something that actually happened, which is even fucking worse. Oh, Jesus. Right. Now, all of the stuff that's in Jack Ketchum's novels, borderline kind of this... Um, this could really happen or this has sort of already happened because he will base it on some uh, actual cases and some of the cases of his novels yeah. of crimes that were committed. But uh, this is probably the most fantasy, but still very real based uh, novel series that he did because mm -hmm. it's kind of a stretch to think that a family of nomadic cannibals could survive in the wildernesses 
of the uh, eastern northern, like the northeastern North part seaboard. of the United States. Yeah, the northeastern yeah. seaboard there. That's a good yeah. way to phrase it. Thank you, sir. You're, You're welcome. Your geography has saved my ass once again. I, that's the only reason you have me on the show, sir, my geography skills. <laughs> well, yeah, because you love war, you also probably study maps. It makes sense. You don't love war. You love to read about war. How about that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't love war. I like it in history, too. Not just war history. But, yeah, it usually ends up being war because, well, most of our history is war. Yeah, and maps are probably not so important until you have to deal with history and or war. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hit that uh, yeah by accident, but that was perfect. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Okay, so, like, it's it's a bit of a stretch to think that the there could be a nomadic cannibal tribe going since the 1800s. Especially in, in that kind of weather. Yeah, in the northeastern part of the world. Now, I kind of have this sensation or this feeling that they basically were trying to show that, like, well, cavemen lived back then, you know, yeah. in climes like this. And there we do know men lived through the Ice Age, apparently, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Like, uh, Native Americans lived all throughout this country, uh, you know, indigenous people. And they lived through all the, you know, it's not like the weather was perfect. <laughs> right. And because they're nomadic, the idea is that they just continue to move with the warmer weather when it gets too cold for them in an area and it may be dangerous that they might die then they will continue on but they also find shelters where they live in caves they also know how to create fire so they could basically only go out when they need to hunt like a, a primitive human would do so yeah. there, there's still some believability of this but, there's a lot of believability yeah. in this you could see this happening right but like I will give you to anyone that was like going to be a naysayer to these films I will give you that this is quite a stretch like yeah. To push the I believe button on this series, yes, you 100% have to give it a little leeway because, yeah, this is a bit of a stretch. But in the books, because I've read Off Season, which uh, Offspring is based off of the sequel to Off Season. So that feeling of like, hey, wait, did I miss something? Because they're yeah. talking about how this happened 11 years ago and they bring a guy out of retirement, which we'll get into when we get into Offspring. Yeah, I was like, I was like, what, what are we? Did you have me watch this in the wrong order? I was like, what the hell? Right, right. Like, uh, all right. Until whatever. you got to the second movie and then you were like, oh, oh, no, no. Yeah, I'm watching these in the right order. I'm, right. I'm doing everything's just fine. Right. But we need to address this. The reason it feels like we're missing a movie in this franchise at the start with Offspring is because we kind of are. Somebody else optioned Offseason, which is the original novel that tells the story that we saw in the newspapers, uh, right? Um, That they were trying to, like, if you could read some of the articles and you could see some of the things that were going on, you could kind of get a sense of how this tribe has been going since the 1800s or whatever. And we'll get into that as well. But anyway, um, the the first book is basically like the slaughter that happens and all of them but one girl dies. And that girl grows up and that's where Offspring comes into play because she continues to do what she was taught to do to survive. Uh-huh. Right? Now, yeah. um, so that's kind of Offseason that we're, we're missing here and that's the piece that we're missing. And some of the characters from Offseason are in Offspring like we've seen. Like all the people that were responsible for the slaughter of the cannibals in Offseason, which is a group of cops that just happened upon their cave and just blew them the fuck away. Yeah. <laughs> they As just, one does with cannibals. They just they just massacred them. They didn't even bother to try and rehabilitate them in any way, shape, or form. This was like, just get this off the planet. This is wrong. You this know? Is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, when you see the horrific things that this cannibal tribe is is capable of, you you will understand absolutely yeah, why well, they yeah. do that. Yeah. But you might you might you, you know you might yeah. Listen, I'm all for blaming police officers for a whole lot of shit. Uh, really everything. But uh, you know, you come across that kind of shit, you you might just have to you know do your duty. <laughs> 
Right. Basically, a broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> it I is mean, possible. Listen, yeah. Listen, there is such a thing as one bad guy killing other bad guys. You know, that does happen. Yeah, <laughs> I've read the Punisher comics. I know. Yeah, see? You know exactly what's happening. <laughs> All right. So we've kind of talked around it and we've kind of set up the story for the women and offspring and everything. And I think we've addressed everything that's going on about this. Except for, are you okay, Matt? Did you make it through this without the warnings? I did tell you it was going to be rough, but I didn't you, tell yeah, you why. Uh, you, I knew I was in for something rough. I'm, I'm fine. I'll be fine. Yeah. You know, it, it, years and years and years of this show, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm trying to steer away from anything that involves like really prolonged scenes of like sexual assault because I know that that's what really gets to you. That and, triggers me a bit. Yeah. 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 And I totally understand that. And honestly, I'm not the kind of person that really wants to watch that shit that much myself either. I don't really find that's, enjoyment in it so that's a good thing because i did this fucking show if you're like man i really just love those scenes i'd be like well okay we're done <laughs> wow you have gotten so good at doing this show that you talk around the thing that you're talking about without saying words that could be turned into a clip exactly it took you 375 <laughs> weeks but you become masterful at I, that my I, friend i'm getting there man yeah <laughs> <laughs> i somehow backwardsly taught you how you can think about what you say just before you say it like Listen, i sort of forced you into that there's only so many times you can hear the click about the seven dicks before you realize you should probably watch what you say you know <laughs> that's fair that's very fair now I, I can't now i can't even enjoy werewolf and uh, werewolf in london anymore <laughs> you really can't <laughs> Oh my god. The, the wife s- had it on like a couple weeks ago and I'm just like all I remember I was like god fuck seven dicks great. <laughs> Oh my god, your lament on that is fucking hilarious. I'm laughing at your pain. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I sense it. Thank you for being understanding. <laughs> well, <prick. laughs> if if, uh, if that wasn't uh, enough to, to kind of get you where, where you are now, where you think more carefully about what you say so you don't get yeah. caught up in that sort of thing, I uh, also just stopped doing clips because I'm like, well, that's he's learned. I can't, I can't catch him anymore. We're stuck, basically. Yeah. It's very, like, I'm the one doing clips more now than you are, and yeah, I'm not yeah, recording. Right. I'm not going to record some of the ones that I've said because some of them out of context are like, Jesus, that guy belongs in an insane asylum. It's it's really bad. It's it's really bad. (laughs) (laughs) I freely admit that. I freely admit that. But like this, we should take just a moment before we actually jump in. And I'm not talking like super long, just just like a moment where we actually realize that this is 375 weeks of our lives, that we have been doing this for now over eight years. We hit the eight year mark and we are several weeks, months even into our, our eighth year. So we are over eight years, 375 consecutive weeks, where despite all the turmoil, despite all of the goods, the bads, and all this different shit that has happened in our lives, we have committed to putting out this show and have not stopped for 375 weeks. I know other shows have done that for a lot longer, and that's fucking amazing for them. But hey, we're still fucking here. We're still fucking going. And it's been 375 weeks of this bullshit through all of the stuff that we've gone through. Good movies, bad movies, good reviews, bad reviews, good weeks, bad weeks, everything that has happened to us like in the wide spectrum of the crazy fucking life living through a fascist president's rule for four years and we still kept doing this show yeah i'm listen if we're not done sucking our own dicks yet yeah we're doing pretty good here 
<laughs> no, I think I think at this at this milestone that we hit this milestone, you know, it's another full franchise fest. I think it bears something to talk about because we haven't really fully acknowledged that or even said yeah. much about it other than we just say the years, we say the weeks that we've been doing it, and then we fucking move on. But like, let's just stand back and celebrate this accomplishment for just a moment. And that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's great. We're doing good here. I like it. I like what we got going on. I don't know about all that. We're definitely consistent. I'll give you that, but I don't know yeah. if what we're doing is great. Hey, I think it's pretty fucking special. <laughs> well, whatever it is, we are definitely sacrificing to be able to do it as he sneaks a drink of his soda to try and keep his throat going after doing that way too long intro and then over explaining everything and getting locked in a hole like ADHD style. Jesus, and you just did it again. <laughs> Uh, let's go ahead and cover Offspring, the very yeah. first film in this series. And Jesus Christ, guys, it's about to get fucking real in here. But before that, we're going to take a little break. We're going to play the intro from Kevin, a Legion Patreon ad, and then some song befitting of cannibals or brutal violence or, I don't know, fucking death metal or some shit. I'll, I'll figure it out when I get there in the edit. Yeah. Hey, everyone. This is Kevin. As many of you probably have heard, Bo will be heading back to school to become a teacher. Congratulations, Bo. As such, I'll be taking over the reins, managing, and spreading the good word of Legion Podcast. To kickstart things off, as an added thank you for patrons, Legion plans to have Steam Code giveaways for current Patreon backers. A random person will be picked from the Patreon, and the winners can choose from the available Steam Codes. Thank you so much for supporting Legion Podcast. You can reach me on Twitter or the Legion Discord group. My username is at LonelyBob. See you around. This'll keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com, or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now... Back to the cutting room.
I said I was going to pick something that would be fitting of a wide spectrum of stuff to really kind of give Future Court, you know, as many choices as you possibly could. So I'm going to ask him very politely not to fuck me over. Yeah. Hey, Future Court, don't be a dick to past court, piece of shit. <laughs> I know Future Court, and I have to apologize because I've experienced this being Future Court to a past court that has fucked up. I know I've caused you pain, Future Court, but could you please just pick something befitting of these movies somehow? Can we overlook past court's jackassery, Future Court, and please just do us a fucking favor over here? Okay, Offspring, <laughs> the first 20 minutes. They start off with newspaper clippings set up to basically establish an entire history of the people that have gone missing since like the 1800s. And this happens over the opening credits. So we see the actors' names, the directors' names, the producers' names, all of that kind of stuff. Turns out that both men, women, and also children are all gone missing. And it's like every couple of months or something like that, some, they, they there's like a new clipping and it just kind of starts going through the years. And the trend continues basically to this day. They show that all the way up to, and that's where the credits end. I remember seeing in some of the articles, there was a man who went missing in like the 19, 90s or something like that or 1980s somewhere around there where some folks were like reported that children were chasing this person right Ooh, yeah. like, like they actually Creepy. saw him like being chased by children in his last known location and yeah. I, I remember reading that in one of the articles I wanted to point that out and so it establishes that it's a full family history of perpetuators of these crimes and it is still definitely happening to this day because they even just kind of show like a couple from the year that is supposed to be happening in the film and then it cuts from that to a dude working late at his computer screen, decides to take a break and get some fresh air, sees a mostly naked young woman standing in the garden looking like she walked out of Mad Max, and now she's standing there naked of her own volition, so I'm going to say that's a thank you movie in this case. Uh, Okay. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Um, I know the actress is of age. She would have to be, but the character may or may not be. It's really hard to know just yeah, how old this, she may be. You know what? I'm, I can't go with you on this thank you movie. I don't know. It's just, it's just too much in these movies. <laughs> just too much. All right, so we can rescind the thank you movie if you'd like to. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's just, just a little too much for me. <laughs> all right, well, morally speaking. But, but I'm a mor- sensitive 90s male, so. Right, right. Well, I'm morally speaking, morally speaking, we as an audience are in the right to be able to enjoy in this context because we still don't even know the age of the character. Yes. Yeah. When you, yes. I, I, I hold nothing against anyone if they want to say thank you movie for this. I it, just can't. It will become uncomfortable later when you realize the age of the character or the age range of the character. That's when it becomes uncomfortable. I will give that's you that. That's really uncomfortable. And the dude even fucking talks about it. Yeah. We'll get to that because that's a clip because that's how I work. Is, is that a clip? Oh, great. <laughs> Alright. So the dude immediately checks on his family after after this weird sequence of this what? just naked person in his garden what? sleeping. Yeah, hold on. There, there's another question for me. Yeah. What are you doing, dude? You, you see a mostly naked person standing out in the middle of your open country home. You, there's nothingness around you. And then they walk away and you're just like, yeah, I'm going to go to bed. That was a nice night. <laughs> You're not calling somebody? You're not battening down the doors? Because at that point, I don't even know what this movie's about. And I already know that's a feral person. And they're probably going to eat or do something even worse to you. You lock down the doors. Maybe go out buy a gun the next day. You do something. (laughs) You sharpen your machetes. (laughs) Yeah, you do something. Nope, I'm just going to bed like a jackass. As I said, the dude checks on his family and they're (laughs) sleeping soundly in bed. So he crashes out himself. All right, they cut from that to the noise of a car pulling up to a house, and it is a very drunk. 
drunk woman who stumbles into her home and finds that it's a little too quiet. She's expecting the babysitter to be watching TV or something like that. Uh, well, she's pissed the minute she drives up. She's like, yeah, the babysitter left the lights on. What do you want her to do? Live in the fucking dark? Goddamn, lady. Stop being a goddamn asshole, you drunk. Somehow feels like I'm talking into the mirror. That's like exactly what I say in the mirror every morning. As she's looking through her house for the babysitter to yell at her about leaving the lights on, we see a blood smear on the door jam that she does not see herself. But yeah. then she kind of falls into the kitchen because she's stumbling around in the dark herself. Can I say something? This is actually pretty good camera work because like the camera got shaky. You even start feeling off when she's walking through the house like you're drunk too. It's, it was actually pretty decent work. Yeah, I agree with you there. That's totally true. They did have... Uh, an excellent uh, way of sh- framing this shot. All of the action sequences are very um, kinetic and like the camera's moving with everything and it makes you feel like you are actually in the environment, which makes it that much harder to get through the violence that you see because yeah. it really does make you feel like you're a part of it. You are correct. Yes. All right, so the drunk lady falls into the kitchen. She finally notices blood everywhere because, well, she fell into a giant pile of it. So how obvious did she need it before she could tell? Yeah. Huh. God damn it. You, you spilt the red raspberry. I can't get <laughs> the raspberry jam. God damn it. This Shh. fucking babysitter's the worst. She looks up and is horrified to see what is obviously feral children holding various weapons. Uh, They're all covered in blood. And then as she kind of looks around, she then notices that the whole group of children is standing around her stove and it looks to be like her babysitter is laying across the stove and being carved up and And they're pieces yeah and they're eating the meat from her body raw as they do this well you know what do you you want your steak well done or you 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 like it raw i'm i'm a medium rare type guy more rare probably even the medium rare so i mean i get what they're doing a fourth feral child walks in behind the drunk woman holding what appears to be a dead baby in a plastic bag which yeah the woman complaining about her child yeah that's (laughs) That's rough. That's you, you know you're in for it when they kill babies. You, you know you're in for a, a, a rough ride when that when that comes. You know that's in the first twenty minutes of a movie. <laughs> the woman screams, and the opening title for the movie pops up. So that happens even before the first opening title of the movie. Jesus Christ! It does, she gets like axe too in the back, right? Well, you kind of hear a crunch. Yeah, that yeah. they're implying it's like I think it's the back of the head, and the yeah. crunch is happening when the title actually pops up. Yes. Yeah. That leads to our first clip. Sorry to wake you, George. That's all right. I need to talk to you. I guess you do. Come on inside. Actually, I um, was hoping maybe you could come with us. I need you to see something for me. I need your expertise. Expertise? Not a word I hear real often, Vic. I gotta warn you, George. It's ugly. Give me a minute. Yeah. The expertise that they're referring to is what we were talking about in the previous instance of these people being found and then slaughtered. He was like the police chief or something at the time. They hint at it. They never really come out and say it in this, but they kind of hint at it in in some of the dialogue. So I just wanted to frame that before we move on. I got you. After this, we cut to a young woman, the same young woman that we saw the previous night walking through the forest. She grabs what my grandma used to call as a switch and beats her legs in a self-chastising way. Yeah, she starts whipping herself. I was expecting 
expecting her to yell shame after every whip, but that didn't happen. She is completely naked. They even give you a full frontal shot as she's doing this. So again, when you don't know her age as what the character is supposed to be, and you know that she's an actress of legal age, you could thank the movie if you wanted to, but it still makes she's Matt also whipping herself. I don't know, man. Yeah, she's, the whipping herself does not, you know, it's bad. I don't know. That's just your taste. Maybe some That's, folks that would is like my to see taste. That. You're right. If some people like to see it, or some people like to whip themselves, I am full. F- for your freedom to do so. Yes. <laughs> they cut back to the crime scene and our next clip. Babysitter's mom called it in. Nancy Ann David. She was 16 last March. The woman is Laureen Ellen Kaltzis, 32, separated waitress at the Allstate. We have her husband in custody and he admits to slapping around some, but I don't see the connection. He seems pretty damn worried about the baby. Here we go again, huh, George? Jesus, Max, I hope not. The reason I think we've got another go-round is what's not here. All the meaty bits. Look familiar? Cause of death. Help, George. They ripped your heart out. All right, yes, that's going to sound extremely fast to a lot of you because I cut out all the white space and removed all of the breathing because we got a lot of fucking clips to get through because yeah, I'm not fucking writing all of that down. <laughs> I like the, uh, there, it's always what you do. It's like a mutilated body in horror movies. You always add in the fly noise. Like there's tons of flies around now. <laughs> well, it would make sense because this is summer and uh, I'm pretty sure that the viscera would attract animals right off the bat. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's true. The body's mostly broken down already, so it's open for fucking <laughs> attracting all sorts of insects for sure. <laughs> I'm I'm all for attracting insects. <laughs> After this, we see the feral kids working their way along the coast as the young woman stares at them with remorse, still hitting herself with the switch. She is chastising her flesh for some reason that I don't quite understand. Yeah, I yeah, you don't know why she's doing it, but uh, she's uh, she's definitely not pleased with herself for some reason. So they cut to and that's just my expert psychological evaluation. She's not pleased with herself for some reason. There you go. They cut from this to a bright and cheerful morning as the young mother is now working on the animation that her husband, I guess, was working on the night before. Uh, They discuss the guests that are about to arrive in our next clip. Good morning. Got to the third board last night. I see that. We got a lot done. Mm -hmm. Looks good. Thank you. What time are uh, Claire and Luke to? Around two-ish. You okay? Yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking about Claire and, and that asshole she married. Hey, um, would you mind running the vacuum in the guest room in about an hour? Let Melissa sleep till then. That way I can get some work done. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Oh damn! I almost forgot an amazing thing last night. Are we aware of any retro hippie Latter Day commune or something? Excuse else? me. <laughs> There was a girl out here last night, way out in the field, naked, as my mother bore me. She was 16, 17, maybe? Naked. From the waist up. I mean, that's all I could see. You're kidding. Did she have nice breasts? Well, she was pretty far away. So did you invite her in? Why should I? Who wants the wood nymph when you got the goddess? (laughs) Kind of a saggy goddess. No, come on. Goddesses don't sag. They ripen as to the wheat and the corn. (laughs) Corn is uh, about right. I'm gonna get any work done, huh? I don't think I want to vacuum either. We didn't know what we had 11 years ago, or where to find it. This time, I think you can assume we do. Now, let's say they roam a bit, which means they're anywhere between here and Lebec, maybe down to Cutler. There's plenty of forest all through that area. We can't afford to rule it out, but I'm guessing the shoreline. One of these caves in here, that's where we found them the last time. 
It's a tough job. You need to call in everybody you got, including the state highway boys. And do it yesterday. I'll handle it. Will someone tell me who the hell these people are anyway? Well, as near as we could figure it, they're descendants of a lighthouse keeper who went missing off Catbird Island back in the 1800s. Tourism, fishing, population finally flushed his uh, offspring back to mainland. Okay, but what I don't get is, how come nobody's seen them? You do this kind of thing, you get noticed where they've been hiding the past 10 years. Now, I thought about that. I don't think they've been hiding. I think they've been moving. Look, we're a spit in the eye from Canada here. And there's plenty of coastline all the way up to Newfoundland, maybe even Hudson Bay. Some of it's practically deserted. Now, we don't coordinate our missing persons with Canada very well, do we? And I bet they've had a few over the past few years. I don't think these people know they're crossing the border. I think they just keep moving. All right, so where do you want to start? We find that cave and hope they're calling it home again. Hey. You made it. Ah, we made it. Hey, Luke. Hi, Amy. Hi, David. <laughs> Leave the back. Leave the back. Let David hold it. You guys want something to drink, I bet. They, uh, they found him. They're serving in the papers today. It's about goddamn time. Yeah. Oh, okay, she's hungry. She's hungry. Okay. okay. Here you go. Okay, thank you. Oh. Okay. Luke. Why don't you go see what David's up to? Okay. 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 Oh my gosh, she's so beautiful. Mm. You look really tired. Are you getting any sleep at all? Mm-mm. No, not enough. Not lately. The IRS is all over me. Okay. Let me get this straight. Stephen mismanages his client's money, takes out a half a million dollar loan to cover his debt to the firm, puts up your house as collateral, forges your name to the loan and the IRS documents, and they come after you? They couldn't find him. For nine months, he disappeared completely. And it wasn't until his boss disappeared, and then Christmas and Luke's birthday came and went, and not a word out of him. Which is, it's completely killing Luke. He's seen him drunk, and he's seen him abusive, and he still loves his dad. Anyway, it was a joint return, and me, the IRS, could find, so now they're putting up the house for a quarter of what it's worth. Ouch. Was that me or Melissa? <laughs> 138 and 38. Pretty good. Nice local lumber, right out of the big woods. Can I? Sure. You know how to focus? Okay, we got these two images here. What you want to do is break the lens either towards your nose or away until you get just one image. Then you use this knob to make it good and clear, like that. Try it. Hey! Hey. <laughs> Why don't you take it out back through the field? There's a path to the woods. You can go hunt your bear. Oh, but if uh, you get too close to the sea and you hear it getting louder, turn around, okay? We've gone far enough. Seems like a nice boy. Got troubles, though, doesn't he? That he does. Melissa, boom, 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 boom. So we sell the house. We're getting 30,000 tops to start a whole new life with. Oh my God. Hello? Wait a minute. It's him. It's Steven. He says he's coming up here. He's on his way right now. Oh here, 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 here. Come here, come here. Okay. Check the last cave we know of. Found nothing. Hey, I'm not a cop anymore, remember? My guess is before this is over, you're gonna join me. 
So that is the sound of the retired cop drinking at the end and then justifying it because he's retired. And it's because they didn't find anything. He knows they're in for a long night of fucking horror. And that is the end of the first 20. And now is where Mattis should be doing his commentary. Well, holy shit. Number one, I thought we were just watching the fucking movie here. Uh, Number two, uh, (laughs) it's a long ass clip, buddy. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so now here's the commentary. Uh, number one, you, 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 all this preamble, you know something terrible is getting ready to happen. I mean, something terrible already has happened. You have in the first 20 minutes a, a dead baby and uh, in a bag uh, a, filled with its own filth, I don't know less. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, a babysitter dismembered. You know, you're in for some shit. Uh, we, you know, we have our main family who apparently, you know, there's problems for one of their friends and their kid and you get all that in. But because now you've seen this horribleness and you know what can happen, and then the rest of the movie is just all this buildup. You're like, oh, fuck, man. Whatever's coming is going to be bad. You sense it. You have that sense hitting you in the back of your head going, don't get attached to anybody, which is not terribly hard in this movie. Um, but, you know, you bad shit's coming. <laughs> Are you good now? Because you're going to just interrupt me during the review anyway. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Come on, dude. You know I have to give you shit. This is how this show works. I mean, I'm good. I'm fine. Hey, my job is to interrupt you, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I miss it already. I miss that job. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right? It's fucking... I forget how good it is over here. Cut from this to the troubled kid goes wandering through the forest with the binoculars and finds an old tree stand, which he climbs up to gain a better vantage point. He sees the ocean and then steps on a bone or two. Then he starts like playing with this animal skull and these various bones. He takes them all with him and they cut from that to our next clip. There's nothing I can do. He's on the goddamn road already. Wait, I don't get it. He doesn't want the divorce now? He said he wants to talk about it. And he had that tone. It was controlled and edgy. He'd been drinking. Good. Maybe he'll drive himself into a tree. Can I talk to you a minute? I don't want Luke to see him. Do you know that he still has Stephen's Christmas present wrapped in his room? A tiny little blue ceramic bird that he made for him in school. And it's absolutely terrible, but he made it for Stephen. What about the restraining order? He seems to be choosing to ignore that, honey. The hell he is. Who are you calling? Vic Minetti, the police. Wait, wait a minute. I'm thinking about Luke here. What about Luke? Luke saw you backed up against your kitchen wall one night while Stephen worked off his drunk by slapping you around. Hello, Gloria. Hi. Is Vic there? It's David Halbert up on River Road. Yeah, well, uh, we've got kind of a situation over here. We've got house guests, a friend, and an eight-year-old boy. Um, the woman is going through a really messy divorce right now. She's got a restraining order against her husband. Yeah, uh, physical violence involved. He's coming up here from Connecticut, and he says he's going to arrive sometime tonight. (laughs) Well, we don't know what the hell to do when he gets here. Um, Carrie? C-A-R-E-Y? Steven? I'm sorry, what? What do you mean, do I have a gun? Are you kidding me, Gloria? Oh, all right. Uh, okay. Um, thanks, Gloria. That was truly strange. What? Well, she said Vic and most of the sheriff's office are investigating a murder. There's strictly skeleton staff over there. And what was that business about a gun? Yeah, that's the really weird part. She actually suggested that I order him off at gunpoint. As a matter of fact, anybody else who I didn't personally know who may or may not come around here tonight. What? Can you see me standing on the porch with a shotgun like uh, Elvis and Flaming Star? Look what I've got. 
Aren't these cool? <laughs> I love how the hey, kid listen. comes running in like a fucking serial killer there at the end. Yeah. What are these bones? I'm really into it now. Uh, <laughs> I'm really into bones. I'm like, Jesus Christ, kid. <laughs> okay, Jeffrey, just go over there and play in the corner. Yeah, just fucking shit. Uh... <laughs> Quiet down, the adults are talking. Um, so, but yeah, then I love this guy. Uh, fucking Elvis reference. Real nice, dude. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Your references are out of control. They're sick. <laughs> it's from an older novel, so I'd give it a little bit of a leeway, but I, uh, it, like, it was from the 80s, so. And it's a movie reference in a movie. Come on, man. I got you. I just, you know. This guy's forehead keeps popping out of the screen at me, though, so it kind of bothers me. If you keep making commentary like this, we're going to be here for six hours, dude. All right, all right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. The kid storms in with a collection of animal bones, and we cut to a hitchhiker being picked up by the abusive, soon-to-be ex-husband. The asshole has some real issue with the lady hitchhiking having a boyfriend. I don't know if anyone else maybe noticed that, but I sure did. Oh, yeah, I did. And he leverages the fact that she knows the area to keep her in the car, including trying to ply her with money and alcohol i think he's basically got some kind of really disgusting urge that he wants to fulfill with this lady or he's just a misogynist trying to creep her out and have fun with her but it works she is instantly creeped out by him before he even starts in on the gross nicknames and literal drinking and driving like literal drinking and driving god i want something terrible to happen to this person yeah he's not on screen for more than seven minutes and i wish he was dead you're absolutely yeah yeah. i'm just oh god painful death too like really bad like prolonged horribleness <laughs> she has to get out and he asks why she says he's drinking and he refuses to let her out but tells her she has to jump out when she says she can't be he intimidates her and then forces her to throw her bag out of the window and as she does that he actually reaches over and grabs her breast and that is sexual assault yes that's that's an assault that's sexual assault he should be in jail for a long ass time he then finally pulls over over after doing this the entire sequence only exists to establish what a gross prick this motherfucker is yeah exactly yes because uh yeah you don't see this uh, hitchhiker ever again uh so it's not like she's part of the story it's really just to make him seem like a fucking dirty prick yeah i'm actually kind of glad that we don't see her again because i didn't want the cannibal family to be set upon her i'm hoping that she yeah i'm hoping that she's one of the people that make it out of this alive and okay i hope she got to portland and she's living a happy life with her boyfriend yeah and maybe they're married and have kids now or something like that but i I wouldn't wish children on anyone that's pretty evil oh yeah i mean what are you doing around here (laughs) cut from this to the cannibal cave as someone is being tormented by the eldest boy who is poking him with a stick the guy's just like rolling around and laying on the ground and he seems like he's either brain damaged or was perhaps uh, mentally challenged and they just collected him to keep around for, um, we'll find out why. Yeah, kicks. Kicks is a good way to phrase it. Yes, he's there just for kicks. Yes, he is. (laughs) The eldest girl stops the boy from tormenting and poking at this young man and starts working the man's junk for fun immediately. Yes. The adult male and female discuss how they are cursed, but it's in subtitles because we don't understand their rough Neolithic kind of language. Okay, see, now here's my thing. Uh, I never got to see the subtitles. They never popped up for me. That's my fault for ripping it incorrectly. I apologize. So here's okay. here's what they were actually discussing. All right. The adult male and female discuss how they are cursed because the hunt went bad. The eldest girl rides the dude she was tormenting as the matriarch states that the blood is powerful and that baby blood even more so. And because the bag baby died in its own human waste stew, it is cursed them and a fresh baby death is the only 
way to release that curse. The eldest girl is named Second Stolen. That's she calls her over using her name. And she is prepared for the hunt by being hit with switches as the youngest plays with bones. Now, without any of those subtitles, the whatever's going on with them, you would still kind of know because they're pointing things out and saying things like, you know, they they point to the babies and they talk about that. So you would still know that they're going to go for a baby and you would still know that something bad's about to happen and you would still be able to kind of figure it out. But I don't think we needed the subtitles. I don't think we needed this extra bit. I, I don't know. You didn't I'll have tell them, you, so how I, did it work? I would have liked to have them because I didn't get the hunt part being bad. I got the... we. Sh- like from what i got from it it was almost like they wanted to get a live baby and that one died during the attack so they were kind of pissed so they're looking for another live baby not really to i thought maybe to grow their numbers not really to sacrifice right it what it doesn't matter why they're going to go get the baby yeah. but, but you they, know they, they're you good. can tell they want another baby yeah yeah it's very obvious to tell that they want another baby i've seen it both with and without those subtitles yeah. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> I've actually shut them off before when watching it, and I kind of like it better that way myself. I'm only doing this because some people that are going to be watching this are going to have the subtitles. Yeah, they're going to be like, hey, what the fuck are you guys, why aren't you talking about the subtitles? And we're like, we're not into this to read. It's way fucking scarier when you don't know what they're saying, because yeah. all, all you see is what they're doing, and it makes it that much more horrific because you're confused and scared, like yes. the people that would be um, coming up against them would be. And I think it makes it more effective because that language is not a language. But it's close enough to our own to sort of get some of the words and understand what they're saying. When you can't communicate with somebody, it it adds a level of fear in that. Particularly somebody who's wanting to fucking torture you and eat you. Yeah. Yeah, that too. Yeah. They cut from this to our next clip. (laughs) Let's give it up, Vic. Too damn dark. Yeah, might as well call it a night across the board. Go to stage two. Off the house. Yeah, tell them to stay indoors. Keep their phone lines open. Doors and windows locked. Uh, Come on, sit back. I love you, honey. Night. <sighs> we all settled in up there. At bedtime, everything's drama. Every night. He can't find this. He has to do that. He's always testing me. I love you, mommy. I hate you, mommy. I don't know what to do. He'll be okay. I wonder. We see that the hunt prep was a honeypot trap where they throw the girl second stolen at the house while she's all beat up and bloody. She pretends to be terrified and scared and needs help. And with the girl of her build naked, covered in blood and screaming hysterically, that's an excellent trap. Of course, most people are with empathy are going to let them in the house. Yes. And try to help them. Yeah. That is horrific that they would prey upon someone's empathy and knowing that it would be so effective for them to get what they need yes yeah i mean it's a it's a new level of evil on that that you're instantaneously targeting innocence in a sense (laughs) someone that would actually help you yes yeah the matriarch is cutting the phone line with her knife and second stolen then immediately bites a chunk out of david's shoulder the woman breaks into the house and knocks amy to the ground David and Amy are about to be butchered as Claire wisely runs upstairs with the baby without even thinking about it. She convinces her son to jump out the window and tells him how to do it and not get hurt. She tells him how to tuck and roll when he hits that shed that's just below 
follow them. And tuck and roll, motherfucker. Tuck and roll. <laughs> she jumps out with the baby just in time to escape into the woods before the adult male actually makes it upstairs with an axe to get them. There is a sequence when she falls on her back to try and protect the baby, but then rolls over on top of the baby. It makes me wonder if maybe they should have had the baby like start screaming or like crying a little bit there, just a little bit louder and a little bit more, but the stunt yeah. still works. It's it just a thing that I noticed, you know? Yeah. Yeah, everything... Yeah, we're all noticing weird shit. The son then leads her to this special hiding place that he has from that tree stand. Uh, while this is happening, David is being eviscerated as he oh. has a life flashing before his eyes moment of his entire life with his wife and the baby. Yeah. Uh, it's fucking brutal. They really rip him to shreds and you really have to sit there and watch it for yeah. a good portion of the time. And the effects are really well done. This is clearly where they spent the money. This is definitely where they spent the money. And yeah, uh, Big Gunner probably should have been standing on his porch with a gun um because unfortunately that hurt the clan is sent after the baby as this is what they were after the entire time and the matriarch stays behind to hold amy hostage yes the asshole ex-husband shows up just in time to have the cannibals go ape shit on his vehicle and he justifiably backs up and flees from them i kind of <laughs> don't blame him for doing that yeah. No, no, that's, I would do the same. I would probably also, like, drive away. Part of me would wonder it was a prank, but when they started breaking things and trying to get in, I would have backed up and tried to run away immediately as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have gotten the fuck out of there because they uh, they looked pretty mad. And it's not like he had a good enough car to try to run them down. It's a fucking shitty little sports car. (laughs) The cops pull over this asshole and he tells them what happened and he tries to weasel out of it as they plan to go make a rescue because now he's being a real coward. Yeah, yeah, because he is a coward. Luke then takes his mom to the lookout in the forest that he was talking about and that is the end of the second 20 minutes. We're 40 minutes into this movie and already the stakes have jumped quite a bit. Yeah, 40 minutes in and yeah, we see a guy get hollowed out while he's still alive. So with his wife being held down and forced to witness. Yes. Yeah. Uh, holy shit. It is not a, a good scene right now. I mean, that looks painful as shit. Uh, <laughs> that's something I would really want to experience. Uh, zero stars. Do not like it. Do not like it. Would not recommend it. It's a good scene, though, because it's really well filmed. And that yes. kinetic thing that you commented on earlier is really evident. And they do this really interesting thing where they cut back and forth between his flash of like his life before his eyes, because that's like the moments that you die, you think of those things. But then the pain of what they're doing to him brings him back. And then he looks down and screams. And then we see that. Um, yeah. I think the frenetic way that they edit that is really good, too. Yes. Yeah. They really did a good job on that. <laughs> Makes you feel like shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's extremely when you effective. walk away and you feel like horseshit after that. Yeah, they did a good job. <laughs> this is a very effective type of home invasion and cannibal besetting upon innocent people type of film. Uh, it's very much in the vein of, and we might as well just mention it, The Hills Have Eyes. It's very reminiscent. Yes. This attack was very reminiscent of Hills Have Eyes. But this family is even more like cunning and brutal because they yeah. use people's empathy to try and help a screaming and injured girl. Mm. Mm -hmm. to gain access to the home and keep them distracted for like the rest of the family to surround the house and be able to come in. Like, yeah, it's so well done. They Trojan horse, they know phone lines help uh, have people come. So they cut phone lines. Yeah, they, they're aware of modern things and how they work. But it's... in what they can do. Right, in a sense that they they at least understand that cutting that line makes it that no more people yeah. can come. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like they exactly they understand yeah. that that no help will come if they do that. And yeah, if they cut that. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have anything else, or we can move on to the next? Nope, we can move on. All right, we're gonna hit into the hour mark with this. So the next twenty, the cop calls it in, and they get a report about Stephen, and he bails immediately. So we see that uh, we're back with Stephen and the cops trying yeah. to find out what's going on. They're gonna call for even more backup, I think. But then they get the information about that dude Stephen, and he bails like an asshole. He even runs off and pulls like a total Chad move where he like basically cheers and taunts them as he's running away. Yeah, he's a real dick. Just, just a real asshole. They pretty much let him go at this point because they've got much worse people to deal with. And like, yeah, there's there's a lot worse out there right now. <laughs> Sorry, there's a, there's there's bigger fish to fry, as it were. And then we see Claire and Luke try to stay quiet as Amy is dragged back to the cave by her hair crying just underneath them. Luke wants to help Amy, but is told by his mom that they can't right now. And I really like that that kid like wants to do something and knows it's the right thing to do automatically despite the fact that his father is such a prick this kid apparently is turning out okay to the point yeah. where the mom has to tell him no we can't help her if we try we'll just get caught too like yeah because he's too young to understand that you know yeah like that the, the, do no good getting themselves caught as well right and i really like this sequence because it's really hard for claire to try and teach her son this valuable lesson in this moment but like it's something that he needs to know and he's trying to like tell claire that they can help her you know yeah and it's just so gut-wrenching they really drag that they just drag they drag you right through the mud on that one man it really hurts it really does yeah you're just you really they're really fucking with your emotions in this particular it, it, it right now now it's the your your the viewers emotions are time to get excavated <laughs> yeah it's it's really well done in that they make you care with the for those people that long ass clip that i chose was because it's what makes you care for the people and yeah. us describing what's about to happen and then me trying to endear the characters to you wasn't going to work so i just did a super long fucking clip that i knew would yeah and it was perfect because yeah you do care about these people <laughs> claire decides to try for the car once the coast is clear so they do that but the adult male comes after them and Claire hands the baby to her son and tells him he must run. The adult yeah. male knocks Claire out and carries her off to the cave and that leads to our final clip. This was a really nice guy. What did you find up there? Broken door to the bedroom and uh, the window was wide open like someone maybe got out that way or tried to. Did you see the bassinet? Bassinet? In the room. Christ on a crutch. We get another baby here? What the hell was that? I'm Stephen Carey. Go under the tree. I'm gonna put you, Claire, right down on your knees. Lady Because I know her. <laughs> At the end of the clip here, we hear the matriarch tell the kids to steal him later, and yeah. she then cuts the back of his leg as they take off away from the beach. I love how they just leave him there screaming because they know yep. they can come get him because they hamstringed him. <laughs> That's fucking horrendous. I love it. Yeah. Well, and this guy so fucking deserved it. So whatever. Yeah. I like that look for him. I like that. That's I love that for him. That's nice. <laughs> the cops are ambushed by the matriarch and two of the feral kids and slaughtered. The matriarch seems to recognize the dude that 
slaughtered her family 11 years ago as she yeah. kicks what appears to be his corpse for the time being as they all take the cops guns and take off although one 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 feral kid is shot he, he gets his brains blown out yes by one of the cops yes that uh the old man cop who also is the one that she kicks actually gets a shot off and brains the kid when he jumps on his shoulder like out of reflex yeah luke hides once again in the tree stand with the baby but the baby is making a noise and almost gives us away his location but claire kind of comes to and realizes what she heard and so she starts to scream i think in a way to try and attempt to cover that up and yeah. confuse the adult male to save her son and the baby Yes, that's brave. And then the adult male walks off with Claire. Luke leaves the baby in the tree stand and goes on his, what I'm guessing would be, Home Alone Vengeance quest. Yes. There we go. This kid's going to pull off a diehard. You watch. <laughs> they cut from this to Amy is dragged back to the cave as her husband's meat is prepared for cooking. The horror show appears to be too much for her as she is dragged to the wall and hung by the wrist with some rope. The kids cook the parts and we cut from this to the matriarch coming back to collect Stephen after sending the kids back to the cave. One of the kids got shot in the altercation, as Matt mentioned above, and appears to be most sincerely dead. Yeah. Yes, yes, very dead. Most sincerely dead. Love it. <laughs> Luke is following the adult male dragging his mom through the ocean waves, and they cut from this to the retired pig is in fact not dead, but I'm pretty sure he wishes he was because his flask was what was stabbed and all of the alcohol has leaked out. Motherfucker. That's the biggest tragedy in this whole movie. Just sad. All right, so the pig jumps up, grabs a flashlight and his gun, and checks on the other two murdered pigs. He follows yeah. the trail of blood after wasting three bullets to signal for more pigs and taking off a few layers of clothing. This is a real, like, hero transformation, but it's really just an old man shedding his clothes, and it's kind of gross. Yeah. Because he is still hurt. He's stabbed someplace in his stomach. Well, it she stabbed him like in the chest and it yeah. got him, but it went like through his flask and that's what's keeping him alive. But yes, he is uh, definitely hurt. And also yeah. he got his ass kicked and she kicked him in the ribs a couple times too when he was down. That's Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then, yeah, he strips down for some reason. I don't know what that was supposed to be about, but that was just all right. I think that, that was, was just weird. the hero. That's a hero transformation thing, or maybe yeah. he's just really warm or something. I don't, yeah. I don't fucking know that. I don't fucking know what this guy's doing. Maybe it was just so he's matching what he's wearing at the end of the film. Cause they shot that stuff first. Who fucking knows? Maybe. Yeah. The kid that got shot is definitely dead. Now we definitely see that he is most sincerely dead. Yes. That's again, a solid wizard of Oz reference. <laughs> and Claire is dragged into the cave to see the horror show that we've already experienced. Claire immediately gets up, grabs a knife from one of them, runs across the cave and cuts Amy down and is beaten yeah. by the adult male for doing it by slamming her head against the cave wall. Oh God, almighty. She is defiant and does not give him even the satisfaction of showing him any pain at all because she's been through this before with her abusive piece of shit husband. Mm -hmm. He does yeah. this over and over again, slamming her head against the wall pretty much, I think, until he knocks her unconscious and more. But then she knees him in the junk and then is knocked to the ground and the gang stomped by all the cannibals. Claire is they're, not they're, having a good night at all. No, Claire's Claire's having a rough go of it, but she ain't taking no shit either. She's, she's fighting back. Yeah, I think that because she was a victim of abuse for so long from her soon-to-be ex-husband, that is what they're kind of establishing is like Claire can take a beating and doesn't, you know, can't, you know, basically it's not going to bother her. She can keep doing what she needs to do to keep moving because she's been through this before and had to fake being okay after such brutalization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so but she's kind of, she's hardened 
if you will. Yeah, kind of like a boxer. She's used to being beaten on. So yep. what they're doing. And, and she's got a fight in her. So she'll. Right. Because she's not going to go through this shit again. She's not going to just put up with this. And it's actually yeah. a really interesting juxtaposition that they put together. I do like where this film is going with this. But at the same time, it's extremely brutal and it's not easy to watch. So yeah, it's, it is tough as shit to watch. It is not good. The living feral kid drops the dead weight, and by that I mean its dead brother or sister or whatever. Yeah. As the retired pig walks up to the corpse and continues past it after lamenting the death of the child. So the one basically knew that it was being slowed down and it needed to hide, so it just dropped the body as a distraction technique. Again, they are very cunning cannibals. Yes, they are. They are not your just dumb, dumb cannibals. They are, yeah, very cunning, very intelligent. Claire is unconscious in the cave as you would be after such a beating as the matriarch finds out that rabbit is not back yet rabbit is the one that was apparently carrying the dead child and they still don't have the baby to lift the curse she sends out the daughter second stolen to find rabbit this wakes up a very bruised claire as the woman hands a gun to second stolen Stephen is there and as abusive as ever as things settle in for a long night. Amy is forced to wet nurse the cannibal's stolen baby. That was horrific. That was just holy shit. And the film goes for it too, showing that the cannibal baby is just like biting instead of actually trying to drink. It's really horrific. Yeah, right? Ooh. Jesus Christ. Steven gives up info that Claire hates to be bitten in an effort to not be harmed himself like the fucking coward piece of shit that he is. Yes, he's a horrid piece of garbage. So the matriarch has the feral kids put in carved up aluminum pop or beer cans in their mouth as biting mechanisms. So they carve up these teeth out of it and it looks like they doubled them up and found a way to sort of form them together and they're like these really strong teeth but they're basically just there to help them rip meat out easier with their bites. They're like a additional weapons yeah. that they made yeah so holy fuck these people are brutal claire actually does try to give up the baby because she's that horrified with what they're about to do and says that yeah. um the baby is actually being taken back to the house but they don't understand her so they just strip her nude and steven watches and enjoys like the piece of shit he is yeah as she is assaulted and oh well we need to phrase this uh a little bit differently because they hold her down in a moment but she hasn't actually been assaulted yet they've just stripped her naked which is still assault but they haven't done anything to her yet he just loves watching her humiliation and like being treated like this because he's a piece of shit yeah and oh my god uh Second stolen comes across the retired pig and fires wildly at him. The pig mm. drops her with one shot directly through the heart. Yeah, sorry, second stolen. This is where I'm not sorry because she's the one who hollowed out the husband. So yeah, sorry, sorry, not sorry. Now we see that Claire is tied down naked as the kids start to chomp her extremities, like her feet or her wrists or what have you, while she is tied down once again, still completely nude. That's the end of the third 20 minutes, so we're bounding towards the finish. Now, the biting that's on Claire, they cut away, but we actually see the kids start in on her wrists and her ankles, just basically trying to get her to talk, I think. And then they cut away from that into the next scene, but that's the start of the next 20. Yeah, all right. (laughs) Oof. 
So we haven't even gotten to, and I'll just say it, the worst part of what happens to Claire in the cave because it is absolutely horrific. And we have just these final moments that are about to happen here. And I just want to state, this film is about 78, 80-ish minutes at the most. That's about an hour and 19. Yeah. It's really not that long at all. And they pack so much stuff into the film just in the first like 60 to (laughs) like 50, like 60-ish minutes. It's the first hour of the film. They packed so much in where we have character development, where you actually do care about the people that are in the house, like the programmer or the video game designers coupled with the, with their child. You know, you feel bad for Claire and you know that her son's got some issues too. The only person in the cave that like you want to see harm happen to them is this Steven guy and he fucking weasels his way out of it. And yeah. It's just like it's just like an extra kick to the genitals where the foot doesn't get removed at this point. Yeah, you're just you're really kind of being mean, <laughs> movie. Fuck you, movie. <laughs> but what it's doing to show you horror is the th- horrible things that humans are capable of doing to each other, and it does it really fucking well. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, that's uh, fuck. That's true oh my god it's not an easy watch watch. yeah it's not an easy watch and it's a really powerful film and we haven't even gotten to the worst stuff yet but at the same time it's actually really well done and i think it's actually handled as tastefully as you possibly could for this kind of material yeah agreed yeah, I agree. Uh, it's still the oof. oh god. <laughs> you ready to finish it off? Yeah, let's let's get this over with. All right, the final minutes of the film. We cut to Luke finds the pig and directs him to the cave where the cannibals are. So Luke has been like basically doing what his mom told him, where he's been standing by looking to be able to do something to help, but waiting until he actually could. And what he does is direct the pig who has a gun directly to where he needs to go to kill some cannibals. Yeah. So let's get it done. Yeah. He also tells him all the details everything he needs to know he like gives him descriptions of some of the people and how many might actually be in there like Uh this kid is basically saving the fucking day in the only way that he can yeah this kid's being a badass this is a good kid the pig tells the kid to stay put and how to survive and hide as he heads towards the cave himself once again stop clock correct twice a day yeah yeah right yeah (laughs) stop yeah yeah a broken watch is right twice a day and rabbit hides and watches the search party before noticing the tree stand so rabbit's about to head up to that tree stand we can tell that's where he's gonna go hide back in the cave claire is begging for them to stop biting her as we see the children biting more at the arms and the extremities and then the adult male goes in to bite her genitalia oh god jesus they prolong it with him biting down there and playing with it for a very long time but yeah just when you thought it couldn't get more horrific, he comes up with a chunk that he bit out and spits it out across the the cave, like, and across her body. It's pretty horrific, and the scene just never fucking seems to end because he goes back to bite her even more. And the Ugh. screaming is just so brutal. The actress playing yeah. Claire screams in such a manner that just fucking guts you. Yeah, yeah she did a really good job there, but oh, God. That is just rough. This gets to the point where Amy herself has had enough and holds the stolen baby up in the air, threatening to smash it. This allows Claire to be set free as she runs off to the side of the cave and starts grabbing her clothing and getting dressed. We don't see that. It happens off camera because when she comes back, she's dressed, but she didn't run outside of the cave. She wasn't able to do that. So you can infer that when she comes back with the clothes. Yeah. I never thought I'd get to write these notes in my life, and I'm so happy that I could. During the (laughs) baby-smashing standoff, those words. Oh, good God almighty. (laughs) What else do you call that? I don't know. 
but something, I guess. I, fuck. I'm just going to say it again because I was so happy to be able to write it. During the baby smashing standoff. That's what it is. Steven runs away like the fucking coward that he is as Amy tries to fend off the cannibals. The pig comes out of the shrubbery and knocks Steven the fuck out. So this is the first bad thing that happens to him. And it's actually like the least horrible thing the cop could have done. Yeah. We cut back yeah. in and we see that Amy grabs the last gun off of the woman after she chucks the baby across the fucking cave. That was awesome. Ye she yeeted that baby. <laughs> Amy gets a shot off and it grazes the adult male in like the upper torso, like arm or chest or something. You couldn't really tell. All this stuff happens really fast. Uh, yeah. Then the two adults prep Amy for a violent beheading. And before that can happen, the adult male is shot by the pig, as well as one of the kids whom falls into the fire when Amy loses her fucking shit and burns that kid's face in the fire. Just continues oh God, to hold yeah. the kid Just, in the fire. That kid screaming and you're kind of like, yeah, I don't fucking care. I'm glad you're fucking suffering. <laughs> the pig is stabbed and he shoots another of the kids in the fucking head. All the while, Amy is still cooking up a feral kid head until yeah. it stops screaming and it is dead. And it goes on like there's a whole fight scene going on behind her. And all you see is her just pushing that kid's head into the fire, burning his face off. A couple of moments, they let the kid up and then like, you see the burn marks on the face and then she shoves it right back down. That was fucking horrific and brutal. Yeah. Oh my God, it was, it, but you feel good for Amy on this because, you know, get that power back. <laughs> you, yeah, you can't really blame them the way that they were victimized at all. Yeah. Uh, Claire yeah. teams up with Amy and they help each other through the exit of the cave when they are found by Luke, who then leads them away. And Steven comes to and follows. In the aftermath, yeah. we see the woman is still alive, but very injured as she collects the sex slave thing and drags him out of the cave. Yeah. He's referred to as the cow in the book and in, in the script as well. And I won't go that much into the cow because how they captured him and how they kept him docile like that is also very horrific in the book. And just not going to talk about that right now. Anyway, oh, uh, she happens upon Steven as he tries to crawl away and chops the top of his head off to munch down on his brain she shoves her face down into his brain pan and just starts yeah. eating the brains out while he's still like twitching that's good stuff while distracted by this brain munching, the sex slave thing starts to play with her knife, grabs it out of the uh, sheath that she has around her waist, and starts to play around with it a little bit more. She turns around, and he ends up stabbing her right as she turns around. I'm not sure if he meant to do that or if he was just playing with the knife being silly, and then when she yeah. turned around, he accidentally stabbed her. But either way, like it's a deep stab. It's the whole way for most of the knife, and he basically moves it up and down a little bit and really fucking and stabs the shit out of her whether he meant to or not is hard to tell yeah but she kind of deserved that so. she's pissed off at him obviously so she chokes him and then snaps his neck she takes the knife out of her gut and begins the sojourn away from the scene to make her escape where she may or may not bleed to death we are not sure yeah they cut from this to remember that rabbit kid in the tree stand oh yeah he finally finds it he gets yeah. there finds the baby as Luke tries to lead the cops to that same tree stand Luke climbs up it like a maniac before the cops can even stop him he is attacked 
attacked by Rabbit. Luke has a real knockdown, drag out fight with Rabbit, holding his own pretty goddamn well, before yeah, he, he ends up planting the fucking axe in the chest of the kid. Luke immediately collects the baby and tells Melissa it is okay and that they are safe now. We get a last look at the cave and all of its contents, and then we see that somehow that cannibal baby that got yeeted, as Matt liked to phrase it, is still alive <laughs> in that cave. Roll yep. credits. All right, some final thoughts on offspring before we move into the woman. Wait, phrasing? Phrasing. <laughs> phrasing. Um, goddamn, not not a not an easy watch, uh, but still pretty well done, like you said. So there's a Jesus. there's a lot of human interaction and human nature on display here, both good and bad, in yeah. such a way as to I, I hate to I hate to phrase it this way because it sounds like such a fucking stuck up movie buff bullshit way of phrasing it, but it's like holding up a mirror to human nature and showing us what we are capable of in both the good and the bad, and that's very much present in the novels. That's something that I think that Ketchum is not only good at, but purposely goes for to work in those themes with his work. And Sounds like you need to put on a beret and go back to college. I know. College but, boy. But it is there. You can see it. You no, can definitely I know. I'm, just, yeah. I'm fucking with you. Yeah, it's 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 uh, the themes that he likes to work with, like man's inhumanity yeah. man. But also, he does show human beings' capability and capacity for empathy and care and how, you know, in such horrific things, people will still try to take care of each other and will still try to protect each other. And that is evidenced here really, really well. But what <laughs> what Jack Ketchum really loves to write, though, is bad people doing bad things to probably good people. And there's yeah. nothing that the world can do to stop it. It's going to happen. And that's just how it is. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Life is not fair. There is really no hope. And if you are never brutalized by a horrible person, you are lucky. Yeah. <laughs> consider yourself lucky and if you meet strangers don't try to help them <laughs> i don't know if that's necessarily the lesson you should take from this but that's, that's definitely the lesson, the lesson i take from it <laughs> matt psyop says become a conservative yeah yeah i guess yeah jesus it's uh no truer words have ever been spoken yeah uh <laughs> that's basically what you were saying and how you were saying it i just phrased it a little more eloquently <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's a brutal watch. Uh, it's not an easy watch. It's a very powerful film. It definitely will stick with you after you watch it. But it's really well done. And I never felt like they were doing anything specifically and only for the exploitation of it. I felt like they were just trying to drive home the brutality that man is capable of, but also the capacity for care that we have as well. I do feel like that was in the film. And yes, that definitely was. Yeah, it definitely gets those exploitative elements without really being sleazy about it, which I kind of like. But at the same time, I'm like, well, you could have been a little sleazy, maybe yeah, a little sleazier. Been <laughs> nice. no, you're going to you're going to get your wish. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, f I feel like the way that they handled it, it's a lot easier to deal with this because if you go in the other direction where you make it sleazy when you're having all this torment and pain and anguish, it definitely becomes a little bit more into the torture porn realm that people like to accuse horror of, which yeah. is a term that is going to make my man Boz cringe to say, but this does not go that direction at all. It handles it much more adeptly. And it's not like, hey, aren't you a sick fuck for wanting to see this? Because we're sick fucks for making it. It's like, this is what man is capable of. We are fucking disgusting. Now deal with it. You know, that's kind of how they approached it. Deal with it, you motherfuckers. <laughs> well, we're going to deal with the next movie, The Woman, here. We're going to take a little break. We're going to play another song that'll be befitting of cannibals, I promise. And when we come back, we're going to cover The Woman.
So hopefully, again, future court didn't fuck over past court. We already did the apology thing, and we're running out of fucking time. We can't do any more banner. we got to get this episode over with because yeah. people are already tuning out. Enough fun. Let's get to the work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The Woman, the sequel to Offspring, starts off with the first 20 minutes. The credits intro picks up exactly where Offspring left off in that we see the woman is dealing with a fresh stab wound as she hears a wolf or dog who is also hurt. And she's like standing in a river trying to clean herself up, dealing with that stab wound and then that that howling dog or hurt wolf or whatever it is uh it appears to be hiding in some kind of a small cave-like structure or just basically a warren or a den that she can also use to heal so she enters the cave with her knife drawn and apparently given to the sound kills the beast giving her a place to hide out and or heal right by the riverside here in a source of water yeah we see a montage of her running through the forest with wolves and in what appears to be a desperate fight to survive i'm guessing they're tracking the smell of blood from her wound i'm not 100 percent sure because this is uh very artistically done where it's just like cross dissolves and it's just sort of like these dreamlike images that are being shown um this is basically what is happening in this newfound warren she's dreaming and she's apparently got some fever dreams from fighting off the infection of that stab is my yeah. guess Probably. But I agree. She starts to be she starts to dream of better days when she is actually the apex predator as she is also healing from this stab wound. We see that she somehow made her way back to the cave and grabbed the child using it as a way to have the wolves stop tracking her. Basically the blood that she, like she was rubbing her blood all over the kid and then the stone underneath where the kid is and then just stood back and let the wolf eat the kid instead. That's some hardcore shit. That's some survival mode shit. That's basically what we saw there. Yes. The title card pops up and we see the woman. They cut from this to a summertime cookout and pool party as a teenage boy hits on a girl reading a book by the poolside. She appears to be terrified of something because she continues to keep looking behind her because she knows something is watching her and it appears to be that there is in fact a man watching her. We know that that man is now Chris and his wife Bella walks up to wait on him hand and foot. He basically makes her go get him a beer and a hamburger so he can just stay put and not have to move. What an incredible prick. He also notices that their young daughter is kiss assaulting a boy approximately her age and then sends the wife off to wrangle that daughter as well. Yeah, come on, do all the work. They cut from this to a teen boy watches as other teen psychopath boys torment a younger girl and seem to be prepared to sexually assault her in some way under the guise of calling her a baby and saying that they're going to check to see if she has a diaper. I shit you not. That is fucking disgusting. Yeah, a a lot of gross shit going on right now. It is not good in this movie. The teen boy only watches and seems to be enjoying watching this and then continues to start taking shots at a basketball hoop. When we then hear the girl scream, they cut away from this to our first clip. I spend as much time as I can with Ed up at the home, but I'd like to spend more. It's understandable. So what I want to do is I want to sell it all off. Got myself a nice little one bedroom up around there so I can be with him these last few months. I don't think he's got much more than that. If you're really wanting to sell, I'm glad you came to me. So you just come by the office on Monday we'll start drawing up some papers. Okay? I can't give you the world for the place, but I'll give you a fair price. I know you will, Chris. It's a good thing about old friends. You don't have to worry about getting a lube job. 
They cut from this to the psycho kid who kept shooting the basketball is in fact the son of the creepy guy Chris that we saw earlier. And the girl with the book is also their daughter, Peg. So it turns out Peg went out with the kid who was harassing her by the pool. And something already feels so fucking off about all of this family dynamic that you are just super uncomfortable already. Yeah. Yeah, I already got a bad, I got some bad feels right now, man. I'm all up in my feelings about this. Yeah, my creep vibes are going off about this Chris guy and the son like crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, alarms, shooting, yeah. Massive red flags. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all over the fucking place. Skies of blood, cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They drive off and are home to the sound of barking dogs. They fade to black. Then we cue a rooster crow and Chris is preparing to hunt as he forces his wife to hand roll some cigarettes for him. Like the guy literally won't do anything. He tells everybody what they should do and then makes them do it. Yeah, he is what we like to call in the industry a giant pile of shit. Chris drives off for his hunt. We hear something not quite right about the dog sounds coming from the barn. And this clearly affects Bella in some way, who has the look of an abused and trapped spouse for those who have trained eyes. Yes. Everyone, everyone except for Chris and his son looks like they're trapped and abused. While out and about hunting and smoking, mostly smoking and not really hunting, Chris happens upon the feral woman. Thinking she was an animal, he sees her bathing topless. This is going to be a thank you movie for me. All right. (laughs) She stabs a fish in the river and takes a bite out of it while still topless. This gets both me and Chris revved up. Yeah. (laughs) Man, she knows how to fish. She's all right by me. We then appear to hear the music that is in Chris's head. It's like going on in his head, but like we're hearing it because it focuses in on her moving. And it's like, it's like basically like his fascination with her. He is clearly a smitten kitten. I kind of really wanted it to be like dream weaver. That's overuse. Ah, that's true. Chris fa- <laughs> Chris fantasizes about this woman and the fact that she is clearly feral while imagining her topless once again. Chris Ugh. watches as she heads back into her warren. They cut from this to Chris returns that evening to direct everyone to clear out and prepare the old root cellar because he clearly wants to have a cage for the woman he saw in the woods. There's no mistaking that at all. It's already obvious what this man's motives are. Yeah, he's... Uh... He's, he's he's into some weird shit. He makes them all do this before dinner on an empty stomach. Later that night, we hear him building something in that root cellar as a clearly traumatized Peggy sits in a chair listening and watching. There is something very wrong with Peggy. It's obvious. Yeah, yeah. Peggy is uh, she's not doing well. <laughs> they cut from this to the woman emerges from her den in the morning and is netted by Chris, who then knocks her out with the butt of his rifle. They cut- what a dick. <laughs> They cut from this to Peggy is at school and her teacher is trying to get Peg to interact with the lesson and become part of the class once again. But the pressure of being put center stage like this has Peggy getting nauseous and then she runs off after being excused to the bathroom. We see Ugh. we see someone in the class has drawn a picture of this teacher with a homophobic slur on it, implying that the teacher may be a lesbian. The teacher actually hey, who cares if she is. Jesus Christ. The teacher people. actually finds that like it was all yeah. crunched up on the floor, like the kid left it there on purpose and then like basically crunches it back up and throws it away. 
I feel really bad for this teacher. She walks over to Peg's desk and notices that Peg's, what was Peg was drawing, and it was basically like a, a house or something like that. She's not a bad artist, but she was clearly just sketching and daydreaming and just pretending not to be in her own life. Um, as the teacher notices this, uh, Peg returns to collect it and then immediately darts off. We then see the sun is stewing over having been beaten at some sort of basketball game. Like maybe they were playing horse or like a free yeah. throw shootout and whoever got the most out of how many shots or whatever. I don't know, but he's still fuming about being beaten at this game by a girl. And he goes back into class and puts chewing gum in her hairbrush. He offers to help her whenever she gets the chewing gum stuck in her hair, but she stops him because all he's doing is just purposely trying to hurt her. And then Mm -hmm. we see she actually loses some hair by pulling the gum out of it when she pulls the brush the full way through. And that is the end of the first 20 minutes. Yeah, a little sociopath, son of a bitch. Yeah, the film doesn't really waste any time giving you these vibes, but if you're watching this and not fully paying attention, and you're not like looking in the eyes of the characters, you're not watching some of the expressions that the actors are doing, I can see where you would miss this, but it's pretty obvious that both Chris and Brian are severely disturbed individuals, and all of the women in that household are victims of their wrath. Very abused, yes. That is, yeah. I mean, I can't really even say anything else other than that. Yeah, we don't even have to see anything for it to be that obvious. You can kind of tell the way that the filmmakers establish it. And yes, you're going to be inferring a lot of stuff, but you get the feeling and your creep vibes should be, you know, you should have the creep vibes going off. The red flags are just being thrown everywhere. I got the cold fucking shivers with these creep vibes. And the actor who plays Chris is really good at what he does when he plays creeps like this. I've only ever seen him play one role where he wasn't a creep, but he was still like a murdering bastard. And that he he plays creep well because you hate Chris real quick. Yeah, the thing that I was referring to is the TV series Get Shorty that starred, um, fuck, the guy from the IT crowd that played Roy, that actor. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was like his partner in crime who was also a Mormon. So like he has all of these like religious morals and values, but killing people he's fine with and beating them and extorting them for money he's okay with, which kind of, of fits with the Mormon faith if you know anything about their history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. And it's horrible. <laughs> all right, I'm done with that. We can move on to the next 20 if you're ready. All right, I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, so they cut from this in the next 20 minutes to Chris has transformed the cellar into some sort of sex dungeon where he Uh has the woman tied up in some form of pulley system as he attempts to feel her up slash examine her under the guise of examining her. He barely can tolerate the smell as he's doing this. He checks her teeth and she takes a bite out of his ring finger and snaps that shit off, swallowing it whole and then spitting his wedding ring out at him that was fucking hilarious good fuck him (laughs) chris seems to realize he is in over his head with this woman but musters his misogyny to punch her square in the face three to four times before finally knocking her out each time she looks at him like is that all you got when he's hitting her like he really has to wail on her before he actually puts her out is that it bitch but i mean were we in a tickle fight here what are we doing (laughs) the look of defiance in the woman's eyes as she smiles at him in that is so amazing like yeah pollyanna mcintosh really does a great job of taking this character from the previous film that was so sinister and so evil and so hateful and putting her in a scenario where you actually are rooting for her just because you want her to get out yeah you you want 
the you you want her out and you want her killing this guy like a lot <laughs> after he knocks her out and like or at least subdues her by beating her he looks at her turns around states that it's uncivilized behavior to bite off someone else's finger like that what a prick <laughs> i wonder i wonder how he feels about the civilized behavior of tying someone up against their will uh, no that's fine for him well yeah, yeah it's anything he does is civilized behavior it's fine yeah exactly yeah because he could do no wrong he walks off and we see him cleaning up the wound and he pops some pain pills then he comes back to the cellar with some ear protection around his neck and he gives a speech about how he is in charge and as he grabs a pan to catch her droppings and urine he puts a large board up behind her arm and her head he puts the ear protection on and puts a gun up to the side of her head and fires it right beside Whoa. her ear into the board directly behind her it was a good job on the movie of you know uh, putting us in with that because yeah you got the ringing in your ears like through the film so it was really well shot he speaks but all we can hear is the ringing of the woman's ears but he's basically giving her a little speech about how the life is going to be here now that she's tied up in his world uh until he pulls the gun right back up to the other side of the ear then we can understand him nice and clear and he's just basically telling her she needs to be nice yeah chris heads back inside to play nice with his family and you know pretend to be a nice family man even though his own family probably knows that he's not and he even starts to pretend like he likes his youngest daughter's music and what she's listening to and that leads us into our next clip okay everybody who wants to go down to the cellar with me what do you have in there a mountain lion this is a hell of a lot better than a mountain lion son dad what is this god only knows where she's been living peg in the woods in caves we're gonna help her Big That's right. That's the first thing we're gonna fix. She's been wounded. We'll get right to it. Okay, we are all going to have to share in the responsibility of taking care of her. Ground rules. No touching. I learned the hard way that our friend here likes to bite. She bit you. She took an inch off my finger. Swallowed it. Jesus. What are we gonna do with her? I'm gonna train her, Brian. Civilize her. Free her from herself, from her baser instincts. This woman thinks that she is an animal. And God only knows how she got that way, but we cannot have people running around the woods thinking they're animals. It isn't right, it's not safe. Belle? Yes? Could you um, run up and put together a bowl of cereal or oatmeal or something simple? She's got to be hungry. The only thing she's had to eat since I captured her is... Finger. And Peg, uh, go up and get the uh, first aid kit. I want to see to her wounds. Okay? Okay, let's go, girls. Come on. Better than a mountain lion, son? Do we really get to keep her? We do. Now, I cannot stress this enough. For the moment, everyone keep your distance. What is that, Bill? Is that oatmeal? Yes. Good. Good. It's nice and nutritious. Just go ahead and set it down. Okay? So, Bell, you're going to set it down, but not too close. Good. And now, Brian, I want you to bring the rake, okay? And push it toward her. Be careful not to spill it. Come on. There you go. Great. Great. Everybody, that's teamwork, okay? Everybody did their part. See what I mean about keeping your distance? I guess next time we need to use Rubbermaid. Okay. Right. 
gets hungry enough, she'll eat. Okay, look. Here, hold on. Here. This is our project, and it's a secret one. Now, I shouldn't have to remind you to keep your mouth zipped, but I'm doing it anyway. We're all gonna have to share in chores with this one. It's the same as taking care of the dogs. Someone's gonna have to clean up after her and so on. Your mother and I will take care of anything um, overly complicated. Right, hon? Yes. Okay, then. Well, dinner time. She may not be hungry, but I am. Okay, we'll work out the details later. Okay, let's go eat. Is everybody okay with that? Everybody okay? Yeah? Okay, let's go. A very quiet and uncomfortable dinner follows until Chris finally asks for salt. The youngest child sits on the cellar door and offers to play her radio to try to cheer the woman up as she appears to be a very sweet girl despite this horrendous environment she is being raised in. Yeah, this is, um, this ain't good. I mean, it can't be that normal to have a person captive. Yeah, he plays it off like this is what, you know, a civilized human being would do. This is just the way to do it. And we're helping. Yeah, and he that's how he tries to play it off and the only person that really seems interested in this is the son, but it's clearly for the wrong reasons. His eyes are filled with lust under the yes. idea that he can keep her prisoner and control her and do what he wants and she can't mm-hmm. stop him. He likes that too much. Ugh, Jesus Christ. Gross. Some gross ass shit. You got us watching some really horrible shit, man. We see the woman looking downtrodden and worn out. They cut from this to Chris watching over his daughters as Peggy is listening to some music, and that leads us into our next clip. How are things at school, kiddo? Fine, Dad. You're a good girl, Peg. And I know it's hard sometimes being your age, but you've got to remember to look at things on the bright side. You're going to get your license soon, right? Your grades are good, aren't they? Yeah. And you're going to go to college. Think about that. Okay, Dad. Love you, kiddo. Love you too, Dad. Honey, that woman, do you really think we should be doing this? Let's go to bed, babe. Kobe, how are you? Good morning, Mr. Cleek. Morning, Dorothy. So, how did it go with Mrs. Oldenburg? She satisfied with the papers? Sign them right away. Fine, that's fine. You have lunch with Dina at noon, court at 2, then a 3.30 with the oil company reps. Okay, are the Ludlow files ready? I just have to print out this last one. Okay, fine. Well, look, when you're done with that, just bring them on in here, along with another cup of mud, and we'll get into it, okay? Thank you, Dorothy. We've already discussed it, but I just wanted to point out that that clip actually shows the two faces of Chris really, really well in that he is controlling and violent if he has ever questioned even slightly about anything at home. And then when he's in public and he knows that this is not a situation he can fully 100% control, he is this super sweet guy. Mm-hmm. The mask of an abuser. Yeah, and you actually do see it where I mentioned it here in my notes specifically, but we've already talked about it because you kind of alluded to it earlier as well. What we're not being shown, but what we know is there is basically what's written on the faces of the women and the reactions, particularly in that clip. Um, because when he just slaps his wife, she immediately stops and just becomes like she's not even there and just yeah. holds perfectly still and is trying to not get his attention again. And then he just changes his mood completely and decides it's time to go to bed. And then Once he says, let's go to bed, babe, then she actually starts to move again and prepares to go to bed. And it's Mm -hmm. obvious the way that she freezes like that, that this is something that has been going on in their life for a very long time. And that if she doesn't do exactly what he says when he says so, even more brutal beatings are more than likely going to happen. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's been abused their entire marriage. He's definitely abusing the oldest daughter. He's teaching his son the ways of how uh, apparently a man's supposed to act. And I believe the youngest daughter, because she's so nice and seems well-adjusted, probably nothing's happened to her yet because she's probably just too young. He's basically grooming his youngest daughter at the same time, where he's ingratiating himself with her and trying to make it to where she thinks everything is normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's obvious that he's keeping his family in terror, just like we said, and he's doing whatever he wants, and he's hiding who he is so fucking well. Oh, yeah. Like, really well. It is gross. Jesus. The woman checks her bindings in the cut scene here for weakness. She's pulling and pulling, and she's basically noticing that the eye hook and the board might be able to come loose, and she's figuring out a way to try and break it loose. Um, mm-hmm. sacrificing her wrists to do it, I'm supposing. She's just checking for weakness there. Uh, yeah. We cut to Peg skipping Jim, and her teacher has taken notice that Peggy has changed drastically in the last few months, and that something awful is being hidden by Peggy. Yes. At- yeah, the teacher's starting to realize some shit. Also, we then see Peggy just drops down and uses her bag as a pillow and is just crying, just weeping yeah. on the verge of like this whole entire open weeping. And she's she's either crying or on the verge of tears throughout the entirety of the film. She always looks like she's terrified. She always looks like she's about to bawl. She always looks horrified. Yeah. Yeah. We then cut to see that Bella has become a full-fledged codependent abuse victim as she finds ways to cover for Chris at the store when someone suggests they do a barbecue cookout at their house. And then we see how their son is fantasizing about the woman in ways he should not be. (laughs) And then we also- Because the woman shouldn't be there. Well, that, that too. And also, we then see that the woman is still continuing to test the bounds of what she can do with her binding and if she can break free from this wire and, and how to move at least a little bit to gain the upper hand. She yeah. hasn't given up. She is just pretending to be a, like that she gave up when they're around. It's essentially what she's doing. She's playing along for now. Yes. That's what these scenes are establishing. Uh, then we see more scenes of Peggy sobbing, and these are really heartbreaking. The music that they play in the background is this really sort of like downtrodden, sad song that mm-hmm. works in conjunctions with the scenes that they're playing. And basically, by the end of this sequence, you are suitably just fucking dour and depressed, and you're just wondering, how much worse can this get? And answer, a lot. A lot. You can get a lot worse. The woman starts eating the oatmeal because she needs realizes she needs her strength, so she's trying to gain some of that back. And Chris yeah. appears to be overextending himself in this economy, according to his underling, whom he hits on instead of slapping for questioning him because he's going to flirt with her because maybe he's going to look to upgrade his wife to a new abuse victim. Yes, right. She said, okay, that he was overextending himself like with money or what was he doing? Yeah, no, his uh, underling was basically saying, how can you afford that? And you're making this purchase of this extra land in this economy and so that's that's what she was talking about that she was overextending himself yeah and then he hits on her instead of like getting upset or violent about that and i was speculating that maybe he's looking to use this secretary Uh, because i saw like uh i saw it earlier i watched this earlier in the week what did he say to her again like hitting on her wise um he just like hey honey whatever he tells her that she smells really really good and then she notices his finger was bitten off and then yeah. he basically tells her that a good smelling woman nipped it off or something like that jesus christ yeah something along those lines but it's really gross and it's clear that yeah, he's also kind right. of grooming her for like time. another wife cover because he's getting sick of the oh, questions yeah. a certain wife is and that's the end of that 20 minutes and we've already kind of discussed <laughs> it so let's move into the next <laughs> i'm 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 yeah yeah let's let's get this moving uh, Bella is played for a fool by their youngest who gets to lick the batter off of the mixer. She says she wants it now. She says, you know, it's not time yet. It's not ready, but she still gets the little mixer 
cattle to lick clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The woman continues to test her bindings as Brian tries to sneak a peek, but he looks like a fucking psycho when his mother confronts him about it. He is a fucking psycho. So look at that. Sometimes you can judge a book by its cover. Peggy asks her father not to smoke in the car when he picks her up. And it seems like she is definitely pregnant. The film's been hitting about it this whole time. And even uh, Peggy is trying to basically talk to Chris about it, meaning that he already knows. And that's why he doesn't want her to. She doesn't want him to smoke, but he does it anyway. Yeah, I okay. You you're kicking you're kicking my ass on this because I never got that she was pregnant. Oh, you really didn't understand that? You didn't? Pick no, that I up? didn't. I didn't get it. I just thought she was just so heavily abused. So yeah, no. All right. Well, that makes a lot more sense. Well, no, because she specifically says, Dad, could you not when he goes to light up a cigarette? And that's because yeah. she's pregnant. Yeah. And that's what the okay. teacher was thinking. I mean, I, I thought the morning sickness thing was kind of sh- showing it as well. The film's been slowly hinting at it, but it's in this sequence when God, if you pay attention, fuck, you notice sometimes she says you just that. miss things. Now things make so much more sense. Yeah, because she literally says to him, Dad, could you not? Yeah. As in he yeah, should and I already. I just thought she just did like the smell of cigarettes. I just, wow. Yeah. See, and it's like, I just don't want to have to think about things that horrific but he knocked up his own daughter yeah he's been raping his own daughter so he's the father i knew that part so now i'm like oh great now she's pregnant too jesus christ yep so we see brian feeding the dogs as he confronts a dog in a house that's inside a barn for some reason that just does not this this sound that the dog is making inside that house does not sound right at all there's something wrong with that dog for sure there's something yeah this this is that's not a that's not a normal sound that should be coming from a dog and the dog barks which makes brian jump backwards and he falls into some very human looking shit but it's still a big pile of shit he plunges his hand basically into and that pisses him off but while cleaning up his hand using a rag by the side of the barn he notices a drill hanging from one of the barn beams yeah we cut from that to see mom is boiling water and shares a very knowing glance at her eldest daughter as in she also knows what has been happening to her daughter and the repercussions that are going on and they cut to the school and our next clip peggy can i talk to you for a sec i don't want to be late for next period i'll write you a note have a seat for a sec you all right yeah why nausea baggy clothes Miss Hindle tells me you've been sitting at a gym for weeks now. Hey, I'm not stupid, Peggy. Why don't you just mind your own business? You are my business. She may not be stupid, but she's fundamentally naive. After the clip, we see Brian has drilled a peeping hole into the cellar door so he can sneak some peeks at the woman. He even covers it up so it won't be noticeable by anybody else. So it's his little secret peepee stash. Oh, God. What Phrasing. This kid. Phrasing. <laughs> And also, that could be a clip. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) While he's doing that, they're cutting back and forth. We see mom continues to heat up water. Brian lies about what he was doing and saying that he was playing with the dogs, which the father's like, huh, well, that's weird for you. But he just doesn't even seem to question him because, you know, he's a boy and boys should always be taken at their word over anybody else. Boys will be boys, right? He even says that later. It's so fucking gross. So it's then decided by Chris that the family will now begin cleaning up the woman as part of the effort to domesticate her. The woman also shares a similarly knowing look at Bella as Bella has shared with her daughter as in how can you you know how can I let this happen to you how can you let this happen to me back and forth the victimizer is known in this circumstance because it is Chris and one of these women must deal with him Bella picks up a board while Chris is distracted and it seems like she is going to finally stand up to her abuser as she cautiously walks over to him the film really does a great job of playing this up for you yeah, it really does. Like, really, you're like, go do it. 
do it. I think at the last minute, she just changes her mind and decides that she can't do it. And then it turns out she just sells the woman out and points out the wire threaded through that eye hook that has been damaged that the woman was counting on to get herself free. And now Chris is going to have to spend some time to repair that. And he knows that he has everything he needs to fix it down here, minus a couple of things that the wife volunteers to go get for him. Now the woman cannot escape. Chris, Thanks a lot. <laughs> Chris then decides it will be necessary to clean the woman up, up outside because they'll never get it done down in this cellar after this. And we see him testing out a pressure washer while Bella sews a dress for the woman. Brian is sent in to get Peggy and mom after being told no easy viewer copying a feel for him as the woman is tied up, which he's really disappointed by and really just wants as an excuse to molest the woman. Yeah. Ugh. Ah. Hate it. Brian takes Ugh. this out on the woman by throwing the lit cigarette butt that her his dad just tossed to the ground right at the woman and putting it on top of her clothing to try and catch her on fire or burn her in some way. What a shitty little human being. The cleaning with a power washer begins just after the woman states the word baby at Peggy. Just yeah. looks right at her gut and says it. Bye-bye. The power washing sequence is excruciating and it's obvious this has taken the woman to a breaking point because she actually says please at him a few times. Times. Yeah, yep. So even the woman is getting uh well uh, well having uh, having uh, a power broken. Yeah, well having Sorry. a power washer blast your skin for who knows how long is extremely yeah. painful and she was probably a, drowning or, or feeling like she was drowning too. It was like waterboarding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um this guy's a real asshole. I have in my notes that she probably said please for the very first time in her life after hearing it yeah. from her own victims so many times in that. Yeah. Oh my god. What a I mean well, you can take a break from having to think about that. That leads into our next clip. Dry her off. Is it safe, huh? Yeah, don't worry. Says the man with nine fingers. <laughs> Go ahead. Dry as a bone now. We don't want her coming down with something. Hon, give me one of those cotton balls. And, uh... Soaked in peroxide, please. This is gonna hurt. It buttons here and here, so you don't have to undo her or anything. It's great. Why don't you throw it on her? It's okay. She's not gonna do anything. This is just all new to her, that's all. She's a little scared. She has a lot of scars. What do you imagine she's been doing? Maybe someday she can tell us. I don't think she likes it. She's never had a dress on before, but you probably didn't like it the first time you had a dress on. There. She looks like one of those polygamous wives, doesn't she? So gross. That's exactly his plan, to try and domesticate her and bring her under his power for that same reason. Yep. That's, uh... Ugh. After this, we see Chris giving the woman food and water to drink. She eats so voraciously that she almost vomits and begins sobbing a little bit. Good God, man. Ugh. She this says, movie just is a hard, hard walk. She says something I can't quite make out or understand, but I think it's like, let me go or kill me, something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of got that. Yeah. Yeah. Chris basically makes her say thank you instead, where he just says, that's what you should say is thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> that leads into our pent ultimate clip. In my mind, babe. 
Your kids still giving you a heartache? No, oh, they're fine. What's with the paper? It's a phone number and an address. Peggy Cleek's parents. Pretty sure she's pregnant. You're not thinking of telling them, are you? Well, shouldn't I? Could make things worse. It's gonna be very obvious very soon. It's your call. I gotta go lock up. I'll be back in a sec. Hell, it never fails at dinner time. Peg, can you see who that is, please? I'm on the phone all day. I don't make that noise, honey. Don't make that noise. I don't like that noise. Hello, um, this is Genevieve Raton. Now, this message is for Mr. or Mrs. Cleek. Your daughter Peggy is a student in my geometry class. Message erased. You have no new messages. And that is the end of the first hour. Hmm. Terrible stuff. <laughs> considering all the other horrible things that happen. Well, in the okay, film, considering yeah. what happens in the end, I'm really fucking. When we get to that, I'm going to be fucking horrified. <laughs> yeah, this film just keeps going there. It just keeps yeah, ratcheting it, it, it up. It goes. And, it goes. Yeah. It goes. But it's Ugh. it's important to establish just where all of these various loose threads end up, and where you think some horrible things are happening, and it turns out that whatever you thought it was, it's always much worse. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, yeah, is what everything. All right, let's move on to the next 20. Chris, oh, God. Chris wakes up in the night and makes sure his wife is still out cold, and he sneaks out of the house, followed by Brian, and basically Chris is going to rape his captive, and Brian wants to watch and jerk off, essentially. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, that's, yeah. When when he's following him, I'm like, because when he's getting up, head down there, you're like, all right, well, this is going to be the raping. And uh, then when the son's following and you know what kind of little sociopath he is, you're like, oh, God, is, a, is dad going to catch him and then make him do the raping? <laughs> or, oh, well, this is what ends up happening. Brian yeah. follows him. Chris does end up raping his captive. The son sneaks a peek through the looking hole, the little peephole that he has. And you can pretty much assume that that's basically what happens. Chris, yeah. Chris rapes his captive while Brian just watches and jerks off to the peeping hole. That's basically the what's woman going on. no sells the rape. She no sells it. So yeah. she just stares at him. She knows sells it. So Well, this is a really bizarre sequence because the woman is so animalistic in her nature that like how would she even perceive this assault, right? Is it yeah. is it just like him attempting to mate with her or like in her mind, or is it it's clearly not anything to her other than you're just disgusting and I hate you. You know what yeah, I mean? Like I just, that's, I'd re- I just want you dead. Yeah, that's the only look that she has in her eyes is like, I'm just going to kill you no matter what. And yeah. it's just whatever it is, it's fucking disturbing, but there is clearly no emotion on her face and there's no way to tell what it is that she's thinking other than that, that she's going to myrtleize the hell out of Chris the first chance she can. Yeah. Yeah. That Chris, if she ever gets free, you are definitely dead. Chris returns to bed and it fades to black and fades into Peggy does not want to get up from and go to school because she doesn't want to. She doesn't feel good in this morning. And mom is not listening to her, but decides to let her daughter stay home anyway, because Brian should never be left alone, according to his own mother. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. After- his own mom says, no, <laughs> can't leave him alone. After- no. After school, Brian heads home in his boredom and decides it is time to torture the captive woman because he is every bit the psychopath his fucking father is. Yes. He grabs a pair yeah. of pliers out of a, uh, like a, just a toolbox and he uses them to, uh, to pinch the skin of the woman's breasts after trying to feed her a cookie, which she refuses. You can hear the woman growling at him the entire time that he is around her before he even begins to do this because she can sense that there is definitely something wrong with that boy 
explain what it is that he wants to do. Peg yeah. hears the woman screaming in pain and comes to the aid of the woman. And all we really see are some harrowing flashes of what he was doing to the woman to torture her. And then the aftermath, we actually see where there's like a bit of her nipple that's ripped and like it looks like he stabbed her with the pliers a little bit and was just basically tormenting her. Oh, God, torturing her with pliers. Oh. But it looks like Peg gets there just in time before some of the really horrible stuff was happening or could happen. Yeah. Like he just just started doing it or whatever it was. But that leads into our final clip. And this is another long clip because it's a lot of setup. So here we go. Yeah, all right. Darling, go to your room. Why? I didn't do anything. Honey, this isn't about you. This is about your brother. Go to your room. Good girl. <clears throat> do you know what your son did? Do you want to know? I'm not sure I do. He didn't think anyone was home today, so he went down there with her, had her dress off, had her naked. He was touching her and touching himself. If Peg hadn't caught him at it, there's no telling what would have gone on down there. Is this true, son? Peg caught him. Didn't you hear me? Why the hell are you asking him? Is it true? Calm down, Belle. He had one hand on her and the other down his goddamn jeans, Chris. And I'm telling you to take it easy. You better look at me when I'm talking to you. Is this true? Okay, so no one was hurt? No, what? No one was hurt. He's a boy. He's an adolescent. Adolescents have urges. Boys will be boys. You know, now that she's cleaned up, I have to say she's not half bad to look at. You know what I mean? I can't fucking do this anymore! You, You can't do this to us, Chris. Have you lost your mind? You can't just stand there and smile when your own son thinks it's okay to... To what? You are an officer of the court. She is a human being. Do you know what would happen to all of us if you got caught? Just what's going on with the goddamn dogs out there is enough to put you in prison. <laughs> Anapthalmia, Val. That is your shame. Anapthalmia. You remember that, do you? I never condoned what you did. Never. You can't just keep putting one thing on top of the other and expect to get away with it forever. <laughs> Chris, I've, I've had it. Okay, so what are you gonna do? I mean, what, what is your plan? What? I don't, I just would like to know. <laughs> what the fuck you think you're gonna do about it? I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving you, Chris. Mm. And I'm, I'm taking the girls with me. You can have your little rapist son to yourself. You're already teaching him every goddamn thing he needs to know, aren't you? You can damn well burn together, the two of you. But you are not hurting my girls anymore. <laughs> it's over. Right now, you can't do this to us, Chris. I can't do this. I can't! I can't! She'll be fine. She's okay. Get a cold cloth for your mother, Peg. Peg, let's go. Why don't you answer the door? See who it is. Mr. Tone? Peggy. Hi. You gonna invite me in? Um, this really isn't the time. Sure it is, Peggy. Hey, I'm not here to hurt you. I wanna help. You can't help. Well, how do you know that? I just do. I know doctors, counselors, all kinds of people. I said this isn't the time, Miss Ratone. Peg, where are your manners? Hi, come on in. Thank you. Miss... Ratone. Ratone. I remember, yeah. Uh, geometry. Yes. Geometry, that's right. I met you at um, parents' night. Yes. Please have a seat. Can I get you anything? 
Are you thirsty? Would you like some no. soda pop or coffee? Nothing? I'm fine, thank you. Okay. May I speak with you and your wife privately, Mr. Cleek? Please call me Chris, Miss uh, Raton. Chris. And you are? Genevieve. Genevieve. <laughs> Genevieve. <laughs> it's a beautiful name. Mm -hmm. She's really not feeling very well. She's having herself a little power nap. So this is about Peg, I gather. Yes. Then I suppose she should hear it. My son as well. We have no secrets in this family, Miss Raton. Brian, come here, son. <clears throat> I've observed some distressing behavior as of late, Mr. Cleek. Mm. Chris? Chris. Piggy isn't looking well. She's had to rush out to use the ladies' restroom several times during class. Her studies are off, and, and she's taken to wearing clothes that are much too big for her. Well, she does like to wear my sweats. Does Peggy have a boyfriend? Do you know Mr. Cleek? No, and I would know if she did. Why? I believe that um, Peggy is pregnant, Mr. Cleek. Pregnant? I am not. <clears throat> What makes you think that Peggy is pregnant, Miss Raton? Well, she's showing, Mr. Cleek. Uh, not very much right now, but that won't last much longer. <sighs> Do any of your colleagues concur with this opinion, Miss Raton? I, I wouldn't know. I haven't discussed it with them. I, I thought it best to come directly to you and your wife. It was good of you to do so. <sighs> I thought teachers were supposed to listen, but you're not very good at listening, are you, Miss Raton? Because I told you. Peggy does not have a boyfriend, and that if she did, I would know about it. Did I not say that? Yes, but... So you're accusing Brian? <laughs> He's just a boy. Absolutely not. So you're accusing me? No. No, I... Um... No, you're accusing me? Dad! You come to my house, and you accuse me of something like that. I said nothing of the sort, Mr. Cleek. You, I know you didn't say anything of the sort. It's what you haven't said. You think I'm stupid? Do you think I'm stupid? No. Miss Raton? Yeah. You don't really think that I would want to miss out on heaven, do you? Hey, Brian, you get the rope. And that leads to the end of the penultimate 20 minutes, basically. The next to last minute. 20 minutes. Oh, oh, God damn, man. What the fuck? So essentially, if you're not paying enough attention and you're not really noticing the, the setup that they've had and the implications that they've had so far of the horror that's happening with Chris around, at mm -hmm. this point, it all comes to a head and it wakes you up. So whatever's going on with the dogs in the barn is enough to put Chris in jail. Yes. Probably for the rest so, of his life, apparently. Yeah. So whatever is going on there uh, is... Uh it's going to be bad. And on top of that, he's now taken this woman hostage so that he can hold her in the cellar to be his own personal wild sex slave. Mm -hmm. Which is also very gross. And that's, that's like, Chris should not be in prison. He should be dead. <laughs> Hard to argue that. He's also raising a psychopathic son who basically masturbated while mutilating the flesh of a woman. Yeah. And also while watching his father rape a woman. We're assuming on that one, but we know for sure. We're that assuming, was, but yeah. I mean, the, come on. Bella doesn't say what he was actually doing. She says that he was touching the woman and then touching himself. But what he yeah. was doing was torturing the woman and touching himself, which is even worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Holy fuck. She only sort of focuses in on the fact that her son is being a rapist in this scenario. Not so mm -hmm. much that he's also a fucking torturing psychopath, which is a, even worse. Sadist. Yeah. Like even worse than just being a rapist. He's a sadistic fucker on top yeah. of that, which one well, could argue a rapist and a sadist could be the same thing as well. Yes. But um, that's true. Yeah. While while part of that is driven by power, the other is literally just getting off on inflicting pain. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
just fucking terrible. Well, uh, you know what? We should just nuke this whole entire town. That would be fine. <laughs> Let's move on to the final 20 minutes here. Let's do it. All right. So the final 20 opens up with Chris dragging the mostly unconscious teacher through the yard with a misogynistic rant ensuing as Peggy begs him not to harm the teacher. Chris beats his pregnant daughter and rants even more about his views on women that are reminiscent of conservative voters everywhere. He screams all of this into his daughter's face, basically about how women dry men and women are the root of all evil and all this fucking horse shit. As Brian begins kicking the teacher and for trying to tell Chris to stop harming his own daughter because she is pregnant. Yeah. This Jesus Christ. This violence has awakened the woman as she tries to fight her way free. Chris unties the teacher and drags her towards the dog pen as Peggy runs for the house to grab some keys. Mom cannot catch her breath and is in tremendous pain after the beating that she's received, but she tries to move and even scream to try and stop Peggy, but she can't even get enough breath into her lungs to do so. Peg grabs the keys and is back out of the house as Chris drags the teacher into the dog pen. Peg makes it to the cellar door with the keys to free the woman as Chris, with his mini me watch the teacher in the dog pen the teacher backs yeah. away from the dogs to the dog house in the barn as chris continues to shout that it is a bad idea at her and we see that what is not right out there in the barn with the dogs is in fact their daughter whom was born without eyes and has been raised as or abused into becoming a dog it's hard to believe oh my lord it's it's hard to know when that started if it was from the fact that the child was a baby that they raised it like that or what yeah but essentially, Chris keeps a daughter who was born without eyes in the fucking barn as a dog and makes them live as a dog just because the bo- the daughter was born without eyes. Oh, God. He even, so... he even just names her after the disorder that caused that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh. For whatever reason. I, I, don't, I don't even know how to, like, even talk about that. <laughs> but I saw that and she comes out and you're just like what the fuck is that then you're like then you realize holy shit they, it doesn't have eyes <laughs> fuck yeah and then when you think back on the conversation that was in the clip he actually says the name of the disorder and that's the name of the daughter they named her anathopsia socket yeah whatever or, no yeah. well whatever they they named her that that disorder name yeah. is what he refers to his own daughter as and he tells yeah. peg that that is the, that is her shame it's her fault essentially oh, that's why she's in the barn that daughter is in yeah. the barn given the age i think that maybe their oldest child even that could be yeah or or possibly oh. a middle child or like before middle, peggy middle child. yeah before yeah. peggy possibly but the definitely been or out no, there peggy's the older than the boy so maybe after peggy but before the boy yeah but even still it is a horrific thing to think about that uh they, they've kept that child in there and raised it as basically a dog and not only that but a dog that will attack another human and cannibalize it because that's what's happening and then the dogs join in and start eating the teacher as well we then cut yeah. from this to bella tries to make it to the cellar or barn as the teacher is further brutalized by all the dogs and the daughter the woman is free as bella makes it to the cellar and the woman picks her up slams her to the ground, rips her eye out, eating her face alive in tandem with the dog daughter, eating the teacher alive. That was horrific and really oh fucking good. Yeah, just fucking hardcore. That poor teacher. Woo. We see the happy that... moments of the teacher's life flashing before her eyes as she passes away, but we don't see anything like that for Bella right away. The woman no. raises Bella's soon-to-be corpse up into the air as we get mini flashbacks for Bella at this point, and then tosses her across the lawn, walking towards the barn and then picking up a giant fucking mower blade as she does. Good God almighty. 
Love it. Chris sends Brian in to get the mom and to force her to start cleaning up what's left of the teacher, stating that the dogs will never be able to finish that. Before anything like that can be done, the woman darts into the barn and mower blades the fuck out of Brian's sides, cutting him in half. Chris runs like a coward. you little asshole. Chris runs like a coward and starts scrounging for his shotgun that he's hidden in the corner, but is unable to get a shot off other than blowing his own ear off, mimicking the scene where he shot at the woman's ear. As the woman then cuts open his abdomen and jams her hand in, pulling out various guts and things to get into what she really wants, which is his heart. She takes it out and shows it to him as she takes a bite out of it in front of him as he falls down dead. That was fucking amazing. That was fucking brutal and awesome. The eyeless dog child goes at the woman who just immediately backhands her and becomes the new master in this circumstance by feeding her the heart of her abuser and father, Chris. Yes. So good job. The youngest daughter, Darlin, ignores what Peggy is trying to tell her and darts off towards the woman who takes a shine to her to raise her as her own after Darlin offers her some water in a bottle that she was carrying. Darlin actually eats some of the human blood, which is her own father's blood, off of uh, the woman's hands as like a ritualistic thing, and that's how the woman decides to adopt her because she adapts to it. Peggy will not eat that, but stands frozen in fear as the dog, daughter, the woman, and Darlin all walk off towards the woods together just as it starts to fade to black and credits we see that peggy follows and they roll credits jesus christ Okay, now there is a little something that's at the very end of the credits that features the little girl that's playing Darling. It shows her like on a boat and how she's like hanging out with this monster on an island. And it's like um, almost like a music video thing that's tagged to the very end, but it doesn't really have anything to do with the story. I just mentioned it because it was there. Yeah, okay. But I mean, how horrific everything was. You, you sensed it, how bad things were. You sensed things were off and you're like, okay. And you tell Chris is an abuser, but it went so much worse. Yeah, and I got to say that while the dog's barking is off, the first time you watch this, if you don't know what's going on out in the barn, you it does cover very well where you don't really notice it. It's just a few things here and there where you can hear a human voice mimicking a dog bark, and it's not a full dog bark. Yeah. It gets more obvious as they try to like hint at it even more, and you get a suspicion that there's somebody or something that's being kept in the dog pen out there. Mm-hmm. But you're not sure exactly what. Yeah, you're not sure if like like they're like feral dogs or some shit or something. So Jesus. And then when you find out it's their daughter who was just born without eyes because of a disorder yeah. or um something along those lines that, that that ended up happening, who was then named for that disorder and just kept in the barn like an animal, just because Chris can't bear the thought of not having outwardly perfect children, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it uh, I mean, oh my God. I was I don't even know what to say about it all at the very end because you're so shell shocked by the end of this movie. You're just like, um, uh, okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what to do. Yeah, the reveal of the daughter in the barn is a damn near and knockout punch. And then how the punch. teacher's eaten alive. Yeah, <laughs> and you're in her mind, and just like they yeah. did in the Offspring, where they're back and forth, where the pain is bringing her back from those memories with each bite, and then her mind goes back to those happier memories as mm-hmm. well. And then, like, you even get a moment like that with Bella, where she's picturing the like her daughters and her, you know, having some kind of a happy moment or, or something along those lines before she finally passes. 
Yeah. And then like the moment the women, the woman just gets set free, she's like all down to business and she's like, I know who's responsible for this and I know how this has to stop. And she immediately yeah. takes the girls that are left behind under her wing, like including the dog daughter, you know, <laughs> like just, yeah, right. Yeah. And just, just basically is like, okay, well here, right. are you going to eat this? Then you can hang out with me. That's basically what she yeah. does with their father's heart. Let's, let's go. You guys. <laughs> and I I can see where some people would be like, okay, well, Peggy wouldn't follow. But then again, that's her little sister. Peggy needs yeah. to look out for her little sister. And at the same time, Peggy needs to be able to maybe eventually get her little sister even away from the woman, you know, if yeah. she if she can. So I can totally see why Peggy's going to go this direction. Then also, I mean, how do you ever come back from the scene on the farm whenever that's found? You might as well just go live in the woods, right? Exactly. Like, how do you even explain what's going on? Because... There is no more, um, there's no more, uh, the eyeless sister, your little sister's gone. Your, uh, brother is now cut in half and your father is been gutted and had his heart ripped out. There's bite marks on it. Yeah. (laughs) And your mother's face has been eaten off. And did you notice that dog daughter is actually carrying the heart with her as she goes like, and just continues to crawl around and stuff. Yeah. It's, (laughs) um, uh, I'm (laughs) (laughs) this takes horror to a whole new notch man it's it's really hard to come back from this film it's super intense and this is what it feels like for sure to read a Jack Ketchum novel this film recreates that perfectly god damn some hardcore shit (laughs) are you done talking about the woman and we can go ahead and finish this up yes let's get let's get to darling all right let's take another break here we're going to play another song that will be fitting of all of these cannibals abuse and craziness and violence and who knows what the fuck i'm going to pick but hopefully it'll be befitting up when we come back we're going to cover darling Again, future court does not fuck over present court. Although court totally that has to fuck you over. Court that has to edit the main feed is going to put in something completely different anyway. So it doesn't really matter. And I'll just provide the list to the group for people that want to know what songs were played for the pirate radio edit. Well, there's like six of you that listen to it, and I think they're all in the group, so that'll be fine. <laughs> There you go. Let's get this over with for Darling. All right. The opening opening 20 minutes start with a snow-covered forest as we see two sets of very dirty feet walking along a blood trail. And the title pops up. We then see the same pair walking on normal ground. However, mushrooms sprout up from their steps. I'd never seen that before. Not sure if that was supposed to be symbolic or something that can actually happen where it's growing below ground and then your pressure lets it pop through or whatever. I don't fucking know. (laughs) It's funny. I I, I don't know what's going on. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, how am I supposed to know how mushrooms are actually sprouting in the forest? I don't go out there that much. Yeah, we don't even care about your fucking mushrooms. They cut from this I, to local hospital where a homeless man harasses the receptionist. We see the pair of filthy travelers outside of said hospital when the younger of the two heads towards the entrance. She is then hit by an ambulance, and we see from the bracelet she is wearing that her name is Darling, and that it is in fact the little girl from the last movie, all grozed up, or at yep. least grozed up enough to look more like what late teens yeah well i mean this movie came out in 2019 and uh the woman was in 2011 so eight years <laughs> give or take yes but we're not 100 percent sure that that's the yeah, same the time timeline. passage yeah right yeah 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 she comes to on a gurney inside the hospital and darts off like an animal before being subdued by a male nurse she escapes his grasp and it's then huddles, Jerry. then huddles to the ground growling at him he then basically gets down on all fours like that and continues to talk to her very calmly he gets basically down on the same level with her so he's less threatening and while she's uh distracted a doctor sneaks up behind her and sedates her the hospital begins running tests on her due to her their liability of the accident out front and the woman goes about her business killing and eating campers hikers and the homeless we see in a various montage and that leads into our very first clip for this film how's our mystery patient Doctor, since when do we sedate a teenage girl? She was a danger to herself. All right, tough guy. After an ambulance hit her, she immediately bounced back and tried to rip my hand off like an animal. She was beginning to trust me. She had you on your knees. When are you going to get used to CHO running things? When they start making directives that serve patients, not the church. So what's going to happen to her now? Well, she doesn't have a broken bone in her, so she's not going to stay here. Probably place her in care until they can find her family or whatever should be at St. Philomena's by this weekend great Philomena's oh so now you got a thing for Philomena's too well they turned me and Robert down as adoptive parents before they even met us seemed like a homophobic move Maybe they were thinking about the children. Well, holy shit. Um, just going to warn everybody right now that while yeah. the movie itself takes a few pot shots at the uh, CHO and then also the Catholic Church, um, your humble host court is going to make it that much worse. So if you're not prepared, you can move on. Ed Matt's just going to have to deal. I, I, I'll be fine. Take all the shots you need at the uh, the old Catholic Church, if you will. <laughs> After this, we see the woman stalking the homeless man and Darling is staring out the hospital window at her while she does it. It's not clear if Darling wanted to go back to normal people or if she just happened to get hit uh, as she pulls well, back. They, they were in front of the hospital and she was like, yeah, you have to. It looked like the woman was telling her you have to go there. So yeah, we're not sure why. Like, is the woman telling her that she's done or is Darling feeling like she's done? But the woman still wants to keep an eye on Darling. And I, I guess they just um, basically what they, they feel like something is wrong with Darling and they're basically so desperate they actually take her to a hospital to be taken care of. Yes. But we're not sure if this was what Darling wanted or if this is just what the woman made her do. Like the woman is just like dropping her off or what's yeah, going right? on. Like this could be a setup for her to start hunting outside the hospital. We have no fucking clue. Yeah. Yeah. We have no idea what's happening here. The nurse is in the room. The one that actually got her to calm down is in the room with her. He reaches out to her and she pulls back and then slowly connects with him as he takes 
the time to talk to her and she starts trusting him. Yeah, because for once we actually have a decent male character. (laughs) (laughs) Odd that he's actually gay, right? (laughs) (laughs) That that's the case. That the only good male character in this series thus far has been a gay man. Well, and the the coder guy or the the game developer guy, he seemed like he was okay. The one that got gutted. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He seemed all right. (laughs) He seemed like he was actually a nice person. Yeah, but the last Uh, movie there were it was all heel program essentially. That was that was a heel program. Yeah, that was a heel program. There wasn't anything good there. Uh, That was just everyone killing. Okay, at some point we actually see um, the woman. It cuts back to the woman again, and she's already killed the homeless man, and she's sort of like grabbed his coat and put that on for herself to keep herself warm. And she starts slicing off like a bit of belly flesh and takes his overcoat as she goes. That leads into our next clip. Hi. Sorry I'm late out, babe. You didn't need to come in. Yeah, I did. You never could resist a stray. Lucky for you. Asshole. Luck don't ruin it. Come on, fam. Let's go home. Tell me everything. Well, molar scans suggest she's 16, possibly 17 years old. She looks younger, don't you think? Yes. But everything's fine to her. Television, cell phones, everything. Like a girl. <sighs> Apologize, I must take this. Of course, for sure. Good afternoon, Your Eminence. Would you mind holding a moment, Your Eminence? It's the boss. Yes, So what do we know of her history? Virtually nothing. She won't talk. We don't know if it's short term, if she's just out of practice, or, or could be a phony. Uh, that's, uh, that's the desire to speak, but the belief that you can't. We don't know how long she's been isolated. A true innocence. Completely feral. It's incredible sure that she's always been feral bishop as i say but no evidence of a family no not yet it's extraordinary why won't she turn around there you are this is sister jennifer hello pleasure sister she splits her service between the sisters of mercy homeless mission downtown and her girl's care home philomena's and she was in care herself is that experience that brought her to god i see so you see doctor She will have a mother of sorts, as well as a father. Not fell, you say. During the clip, we actually saw that Darling is offered that strip of homeless dude. that yeah. uh, the woman collected the woman like leaves it in front of her window and darling just pretty much rejects it and then drops the blind like she's like no i don't want to see you so now yeah, right now we know that darling definitely wants to be away from the woman and wants the woman to not be noticed at the hospital at all because yeah because reasons we don't know yet but we know that that's the case because yeah reasons but oh my god that uh that uh the, the bishop is giving me creep vibes man a lot of creep vibes coming for that bishop <laughs> well i mean pretty much any man of the cloth in the catholic church should be giving you creep vibes they usually do there is a lot of fucking evidence as to why they should i never knew pedophiles and rapists had a uniform until i went to the catholic church wow and i thought i was going to be bad hey you're a (laughs) member so uh make the jokes all you want i suppose yeah hey it's my own shit so (laughs) 
All right, so we see we did see that Darlin rejects the food as I mentioned earlier, and yeah. we also know that she is trusting this male nurse um, because he brings her some food, and since it's all meat, she just grabs like a steak or like a burger or whatever it is, and just goes right for the meat and eats nothing but that. And yep. then he's eating the fries and like just kind of talking to her, even though she's not responding. And they have a real nice bonding moment here because he's feeding her, and that's kind of how it works with animals usually. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and they. They bond a little bit. It's nice. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's literally one of the only good people. One of the two good men that we've had in this yeah, entire yeah. series. Yes. The priest and the nun are already looking for a way to get publicity for their girls' school using this feral child so they can keep it open and publicly funded. Big shock that the Catholic Church would pull such a stunt just to cut through the bureaucracy. Well, of course they would. Get a fresh supply of victims. We see Darling being dropped off at the girls' school school with the nurse whom she trusts leading her there. Darling is jumpy, but trusts the people at this school because the nurse kind of asks her to, you kind of see him nod like, Hey, no, it'll be okay. And because I go inside. Yeah. Because he says that she has to do it. She goes and trusts him and does it. And that leads into our next clip. Hysterical aphonia treatments include suffocation of the patient to evoke a vocal cry of alarm, use of electricity, Holding tight the tongue, the water cure, or cocaine applied to the laryngeal mucosa, otherwise known as the throat muscles. <laughs> well, we can't try any of those anymore. Not unless you still have access to cocaine, sister. My drugs were heroin and methamphetamine, and my past is behind me. You see, anyone can be changed with God's mercy. <laughs> what has your search led you to? Speech therapy. I found some information online. No, wonderful. But we must get footage of her as she is now, animal-like. Why would the press care if we don't start with a feral child? It's not just that the devil tries to trick the devout. We too can trick the devil into doing God's work. It's your turn. Chill out, I'm just finishing this. ADD. Does anyone not have ADD? New girl, you play cards? You're gonna get into major shit, you don't learn to talk. Since when did you care what anyone else did, Buck? Since someone younger and prettier than her came in. Yeah, Buck's getting more pissy the closer she gets to aging out. No family's gonna take her now. Don't make me slit both of your mouthy little necks in the night. Yeah, right. You wouldn't last a day back in Juvie. Fuck you know about Juvie. Just saying. Will y'all keep it down? I don't want him coming in here. You wouldn't know how to survive a snake attack in the jungle. No. I do. You come across one of those big man-eating snakes, like an anaconda, you cannot run them, because they're too big. But if you see one before it strikes, you got a chance. So what you do is you just fall to the ground. You stay real still like you're dead. They eat dead things, but with carrion, they start with the feet first. Unhinge their jaw and start swallowing you from the feet up. But when... They get just up under your knees. That's when you start kicking like crazy from inside of them. And then you'll just bust his jaw right off that way. Hello, Sister Jennifer. Darling, you're to come with me. The bishop would like to see you. Come on. And that clip ends the first 20 minutes. 
Jesus. Well, um, yeah, still don't have a really good thought about the uh, priests or this church or anything else that's the, happening right now. The young nun that's with him is a little too subservient to him, but seems like she might actually try to be a good person at this point, too. Yeah. Like, I feel like she at least believes in what she is teaching, even though it's patently false. And um, therefore, she is trying to do good and live by the better parts of that where, you know, you're supposed to take care of the children under your charge and, you know, protect them and all of that. Like, you get that sensation from her. She seems like she actually gives a shit. And so, like, if this stunt is something that needs to be done to protect the girls in this school, then she is okay with that. Like, that's her reasoning. Whereas Mm -hmm. the bishop just very clearly is trying to preserve at least his job, if not something worse. Something far more sinister, and I have a feeling it's all that more sinister stuff. (laughs) All right, I'm good to move on if you are. I'm good. All right, so the second 20 starts with Feral Girl being led to the chicken coop, possibly to get her to do a geek show for the press. Yeah, right? That's that's exactly what I thought. (laughs) Yeah, which is exactly what they are doing because they decide to smear some dirt on her and try to make her look more feral again. Yeah. They basically, the nun is forced to, or goaded, or like forced to basically goad her into attacking her because rubbing the dirt on her and all that stuff really starts getting the girl worked up already and the priest is basically just waiting for that to happen so he's basically like having the nun agitate the girl in some way shape or form until the girl starts getting agitated enough to react and attack and then he can catch the footage which is exactly what happens that's exactly what he tries to do just incite her like that and he won't do it himself because he's a coward (laughs) right so but he gets the video that he wants of her acting out of control and attacking the nun and he's definitely getting off on it as he does it too like it seems like he really likes watching her being wild and untamed like it's it's kind of gross the way that he's enjoying it yeah it's very gross and he's very gross <laughs> <laughs> and not just because he's a bishop yeah yeah no not just be, i mean it's part of it but not just because of that he's also acting very fucking gross yeah oof once he is, uh he's not a good i'm sorry he is not a good person <laughs> <laughs> once it's done they try to calm her again and then finally do this narcissistic priest is so convinced that what he is doing is right he continues to goad the nun into telling her it was the right thing he just continues over and over again acting like this is not something that he's doing just to get off it's in fact something that is the right thing to do Ugh, what an (laughs) asshole (laughs) they cut from this to darling is in the shower having flashbacks of a hiker she had taken hostage and had some love with apparently yeah they had some sexy times the nun watching over her appears to have some guilt for the actions she has taken this is where i really get the sense that she's actually a good person and just desperate to try and save this school Mm -hmm. they cut from maybe just the girls in the school yes they cut from this to the woman stalking the hospital to find darling but darling is nowhere in sight they cut from that to our next clip we have a special new girl with us today she's going to join our little family for a while until she finds her own who would like to explain the rules of the home to her ah speak separately we're not in choir no hitting no cursing no drugs or alcohol no outside food no secular music do your prayers your chores your studies and your confessions with grace a happy face is a mirror to god glory be to god and to the church amen now today we'll be studying evolution the evolution of sin so For our new girl, we will start at the beginning, at original sin. Open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 2, verse 4. 
This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created by the Lord God. Girl, girl, you heard the rules. You will do your studies with grace. Sweet Jesus. I wasn't going to hit her. Sister Jennifer, why don't you make yourself useful? Uh, Bug, can you please continue with the next two verses? For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Billy. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? That's a warning, Billy. Sorry, Sister Jennifer. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, <laughs> you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it, or you will die! Carry on. You will not certainly die, the serpent said, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open. Please, please don't take me to him. I'll, I'll rain it in, I swear, please! He'll know what to do, that's all. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I and I will place enmity between you and the woman and between her offspring and yours. And he will crush your head and you will strike at his heel. And to the woman, he said. Thank you, Sister Grace. I'll continue. It's the new girl's turn. Read on. I will make your pain in childbearing very severe. And with painful labor will you give birth to children. I will make your pain in childbearing very severe. And with painful labor will you give birth to children. She's exempt, sister. And your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. No girl is exempt. And with the end of that clip, Darling does what any sane person would. She chucks the Bible out the window and jumps out herself to run away, stripping off her uniform, heading into the woods. Yeah, she certainly gets the fuck out of there, doesn't she? She eats that Bible, and then she eats herself out the fucking window. Later that day, we see all of the nuns and the priest out looking for Darling, and so is the woman who continues to stalk around the hospital. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen. She was just sending Darling there to get checked up. She didn't want to lose her. The woman is found by either a pig or a security guard outside of the hospital behind a dumpster whom she immediately I think he's a full pig. Yeah. <laughs> she immediately pounces on him and eats him alive. 
taking his shades and gun before dumping him like the garbage he is. Well done, woman. Well done. The woman sneaks into the hospital looking for Darlin with her disguise on, which is just like the guy's sunglasses, but her mouth is still covered in blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love how she thinks this is going to work. So she's like, she's like, ah, flawless disguise. I am also a master at disguising myself, people. <laughs> she runs into the doctor who she immediately guts from the crotch to the throat and dumps him into another room like the garbage he is as well. Yeah, yeah, right. She runs into a clown and stabs him right off the bat, but does not eat him because he obviously would taste funny. Yeah. Man, I felt bad for the cloud just trying to make her laugh. But then I also understand where woman's coming from. I often want to stab clowns. (laughs) Clip. The woman happens upon the nurse who bonded with Darling and shows him the bracelet that says Darling urgently as though she is trying to tell him what she wants. He takes her to his car and tells her he will take her to the child. The car ride very clearly freaks the woman the fuck out like an animal that has never taken a car ride before. She is like all over the place and poor Jerry is just like, come on, dude. (laughs) Let's let's settle it down. Yeah, he does try to calm her though and he's like, we're almost there. We're almost there. We're almost there. No, no, no. And that leads to our fifth clip. We need outside help to find her. She's out there alone. It's my fault. She I should may wander, but she's not lost. Come, come pray with her. Dear Father, watch over her lost child. Bring her home safely to us. We may show her your way. Amen. Amen. Hey, new girl. Hey, new girl, are you in here? At the end of that clip, we see one of the girls breaking all the rules, listening to the devil's music while puffing on the devil's lettuce. Yeah, let her go. Let her have some. Let her, let her have this. That's the end of that second 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, but good. Good for good for everyone. Uh, that's that's. I love that she's just out there listening to some cool-ass tunes and getting high. <laughs> she's just what we call Why vibing not? in the business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's, she's definitely vibing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this is um, th- this is definitely a, a different turn or take on what I feel the woman would and would not do. Yeah. But the film was co-written and directed by the actress who plays the woman, who is Pollyanna McIntosh. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, so, like, me basically telling what I think the woman wouldn't and wouldn't do is less likely than someone who's prepared for the role and had access to the creator of the woman and who would have made this character her own. So, yeah. uh, the, the storytelling here definitely shifts from a male viewpoint of a woman-centric story to a female viewpoint of a woman-centric story in this film because it is being told by a female and I think it actually gives you a better understanding of the woman's character as well because it's co-written and directed by the actress who played the woman and so who am I to say that the woman wouldn't put Darling to the hospital and wouldn't do this as part of her plan you know knowing what would happen you know what I mean like no I agree yeah I I, this was directed very well and you can tell she takes a lot of care and this is her uh, debut directorial premiere like this is it this is the very first thing she's ever directed and you can already tell her skill at the craft is very well developed and very well understood obviously she surrounded herself with a wonderful crew as well because the cinematography is excellent but you know like the person that's supposed to oversee all of this and make sure that it works clearly did their job well and for a first time director that's extremely impressive because I hate to fucking say it but of the 
three, this is probably the best made film, although the story points I'm not as fond of. I got you. But you're right. It's probably the best made film. Uh, I think the acting in it is probably a little bit better than the other two. It had it had yeah. more money behind it. The other two were much yeah. more low budget. And yeah. for this being the third film in these installments, but also just being loosely related and not really marketed together in any way, they don't even have like an overall franchise name for this. They just refer to them as the Offspring Woman Darling Trilogy is what I've yeah, seen it right. referred to as. So like, I have no idea how to put that into a uh, <laughs> in into an episode length that just says the name of the movie franchise. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, no, I got you. I, yeah. I don't really want to say the orphan woman fucking darling fucking trilogy. I don't want to say that. Yeah, you know, like I, I get. Yeah, I would say the woman is probably the best way. The woman trilogy. Yeah, that's how I'm going to phrase it. That's I've decided yeah. that already because it is it. All these stories revolve around her, and she yeah. is clearly the matriarch of the family and offspring. She is the sole survivor of that story. So therefore, this franchise is clearly the woman's franchise from that move movie on. Now, in the original novel, off season and then offspring it's very different and the woman doesn't make it out of that novel alive like all the cannibals die in that book oh okay in that book so she technically should have died but they loved her performance so much and they had an idea to continue it so the director of the woman lucky mckee decided to continue that story on with pollyanna mcintosh who is an amazing actress uh, in just everything i've ever seen her in she just like disappears into the character even though i'm very much aware of who she is yeah she really does uh eat up a scene <laughs> absolutely and she directs a hell of a scene as well just to come back to this movie right i mean she's yeah. definitely the glue that holds this all together so her getting to create this movie and jack ketchum was an executive producer as was lucky mckee who did the previous film and then the director of the original film became the producer on the woman and then producer on some of the other films for jack ketchum's adaptations and he's also the producer of this film as well so it's all the same like family that's been making these movies for a while now pretty much okay yeah. Okay. And, yeah. And they finally get some money behind it. And I really am impressed with the level of filmmaking that they take this to. And it becomes a little bit more of um a little bit more out there in the scope of what they probably could get away with. Like how does the woman continue to get away from the police? You know, in a lot of the stuff that we're about to see in the film, absolutely. But um I'm kind of willing to go there with this film because it feels more like a fever dream anyway. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> fever dream. Right. Like it and, does seem kind of like a fever. Yeah, you're like, not wrong yeah like it's it's it has that approach to it it's very surrealistic and there's some moments of it that are 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 just like almost surreal in that like you can't really believe that that would be the case that something like this could happen and they could get away with it but then again after everything else that i've seen in the previous film of the woman like i'm pretty sure that maybe she could you know yeah yeah right like reality's broken after the woman so how do you how do you do a film after that yeah yeah i just don't even know after that because uh with all that pain and suffering what are you supposed to do <laughs> I'm ready to go if you are for the next 20. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Okay, so the woman gets into the car ride and behaves like a dog hanging out the window for fresh air, and it may be the first time she has been truly sympathetic in this series to me. It was really kind of cute like to see her like looking out the window like like kind of like a dog would like you felt trapped moving in the car and it felt wrong but then when she could feel the wind then it felt okay and she was fine which makes sense why dogs like to hang out of the car you know for the fresh air and stuff right yeah right yeah no exactly <laughs> 
exactly. Yeah, and you kind of are on her side here, like where you're kind of starting to root for her even more than you did in the last movie. But, you know, she was just the lesser of two horrible evils in the last yeah. film. In this one, like that sequence where you're like, oh my God, she truly is an animal. She doesn't know the morality of what it is that she's doing. She's just trying to survive. Like, yeah, she's just doing things. <laughs> we are we are hunting, you know, we, we're like deer to her. Basically. Before she's, she also then like, has sex to procreate because they need to make more children. <laughs> okay. Apparently. I mean, that's what I get through all this. <laughs> Darlin sits with the sinner girl that we saw out there having that devil's lettuce in the music, and she's still out there. She even checks out some of the music. They're having this little bonding moment. And you kind of get the sensation that this may be the first time that Darling hears music or because she doesn't remember when she loved music so much as a child. But that feeling yeah. comes back to her listening to it. And the actress does a really good job portraying that on her face she does it's uh it's really good it's good stuff uh the i, I like the actress's uh portrayal of uh of uh how, how she's doing darlin right now where she's slowly but surely getting her humanity back for lack of a better word yeah what might be buried by trying to survive the trauma of living with the woman is starting to slowly surface like yeah. her personality's coming out again a little bit yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like herself, whoever Darlin was before the woman is starting to come out. While this sequence is happening, we also see the woman goes full wild dog out of the window where she's having her own moment of like, you know, some kind of memory or something that, you know, before she was like the monster that she is now, like yeah. just looking all free. And then for some reason, the cops are coming after them and she's about, they're about to be pulled over. Now, it's not clear if this is the cops looking for her because of the murder of the cop that got dumped in the dumpster or if it's because because uh, the troopers saw her hanging out the window while the it could also have been driving. Jerry weaving around. Right, it could have been that too because she's like going to crash the car, you know, from yeah, being wild. It makes and crazy. it look like he's a drunk. So right, right, it, whatever it is, it's definitely crazy. Yeah, right. So you're just like, ah, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> we cut back to the girl sitting and listening to music, and the bad girl tries to communicate with Darling a little bit. She asks her after her mom before offering her a scarf. Yeah, which is a really nice moment. Then we cut back to the woman freaks out from being chased by the pigs at this point causes the suv to crash and then just disappears abandoning it but at least the male nurse is unharmed for now well, like he made it through and he doesn't look really messed up he's just gonna need a new car because of her <laughs> oh yeah 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 we see the woman slinking off and hiding as the pigs check on the nurse and make sure he's okay. Makes me think that he covered for her here. I think so. <laughs> he might have been like, I just lost control of the car and it crashed. <laughs> then they cut back to the bad girl stashing her sin bin in the forest once again and state yeah. she has to return. Darling trusts her and allows her to take her hand to lead her back. And then there's a nice moment where the girl says they're not allowed to touch. So she has to like, she can't hold her hand once they get back there, but she'll hold it the whole way or something along those lines. Yeah. Then we see that the woman is found by some squatter lady who asks a bunch of questions and says darling at her, just basically calling her darling, which makes the woman like think that she knows darling and it's going to help her find darling. And yeah. it just goes back and forth like that for a little bit. But somehow she gets her convinced to come into the squat with her and meet all the others. They give her booze, which she almost refuses and then takes and then just drinks all of it without anybody giving it back, without yeah. even giving it back to anybody. She's like, God damn, this is good shit. See? 
See woman? <laughs> we see darling. That's why I love it. We see Dar- we see darling being shown how to communicate slowly by the nun who is her current overseer. She tries to get her to make noises to show her how to speak and she makes amends by offering her a gingerbread man cookie which seems to spark a memory of her pre-woman childhood like she loved gingerbread cookies as we remember in the last film and yes. she seems kind of comforted by it and decides to keep it instead of eating it right away. Yeah. The woman Yeah, and she yeah, the way she looks at it. It's a it's a heart-touching moment. <laughs> this film does you don't get have a lot of those surprise. in this franchise. Yeah, this is a surprising turn away from that. But but in a way that is actually kind of compelling and helps close out the series, you know? Yeah. So we then see the woman is drinking with the squatters and asks about Darlin again, basically by saying Darling over and over again. And mm-hmm. one of the squatters led a John back to their squat, who immediately starts getting violent towards her before the woman steps in, pulls a gun on the John, and then leads him off. <laughs> yeah. She takes him off into the woods, and then we hear him screaming as she's clearly devouring him. And some of the ladies that are on the second floor may even be able to see her and then state that she may be crazier than the rest of them or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) They cut from this to Darling is sleeping peacefully before one of the girls shows her a mouse, which Darling seems interested in. I was terrified Darling was just going to eat the mouse in front of the girl. Yeah, I thought she was just going to like tear into that motherhood thing. (laughs) Yeah, but she doesn't. She knows that it's a pet and like she seems like she's getting her humanity back even more. We then have a montage of Darling learning the rope at this child abuse center. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Girl school. No, you were right the first time. It's fine. <laughs> and she still eats meat like a feral child all the time. There was a sequence where one of them was complaining about how bloody their steak was and uh, <laughs> and Darling just <laughs> trades her and just starts eating the thing, like just gnawing into it like it's nothing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good shit for them. <laughs> Life seems to be settling into a routine as the woman is still searching for Darling and Darling is learning how to be the best silent orphan Annie she can while in this child abuse center yeah because god damn it you gotta learn to be orphan annie or some horse shit <laughs> we see an ongoing theme where the girls are terrified to be sent to the bishop and this montage ends with darling able to speak and read a little before staring into the sky and having a flashback of when she was young and told to eat the face of the pretty boy she fucked. Yep, yep. Just go ahead and get to eating. This memory makes her vomit as she seems to start praying for forgiveness very much at the end of that vomiting. That leads into our next clip because what's better than segueing with vomiting? Right? Can you say amen? Amen. I didn't know if I could make you speak. I don't know what I'm doing. God must have a purpose for you. Can you call me sister? 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 Why was I punished? Every man hath a sword upon his thigh because of fear in the night. God hath no mercy upon the evil. None. The devil will get inside of you, if you let him. Is God still there? Yes. And he loves you. And he wants to save you. God will save me? Yes, he will. If you find faith, if you confess, if you cleanse yourself, He will come. You are special. 
You are our special girl, aren't you? Yes, Bishop. Yes. The devil inside me. How will God get it out? <laughs> if you work very hard on your catechism class after confession, if the devil's in there, God will get him out. Okay? Okay. Thank you, Bishop. And you will tell everyone when he's gone, won't you? I need you to do this for me, okay? Okay. It appears that Darling has been fully tamed and taught to read along with being brainwashed into the child abuse cult that holds her captive. I'm sorry, into being brainwashed into joining the Catholic Church. I mean, yeah, come on. It's the Catholic Church. Of course they want what's best for their money line. I mean, for you. Jesus. Darling is, that out loud? Darling is sleeping when the priest starts grinding her feet with a Brillo pad and drawing blood on it, ripping at the flesh. She wakes up screaming from this dream. Yes, thankfully that was just a dream. Jesus Christ. That leads to our next clip. <laughs> I am going to be saved. We all got saved during communion. We all got holy here. Still, no one wants this. What makes you think you're so special? You have a visitor. So you're speaking now? Sometimes. How you doing here? A woman came looking for you. Tall. She heard you? Did she hear you? No. Now, who's that woman? Where's your family? Peg's sister. And Dog's sister? You have sisters? Dog's sister, not talk. And, and Lady, not talk, but Peg. Where are they? Dog's sister ran away. She smelled, she smelled Peg going to heaven when her inside come out. What do you mean her insides come out? The baby come out. It kill her. I'm sorry. And Lady. Darling, I need you to tell me where she is. I don't know. She go invisible, like God does. She won't make me dead. She wants the devil inside me. You do not have the devil inside of you. You have to go now. We have work to do, nurse. I'll be here when you get out. Okay, when I get it out. So I just want to state that I think that at the end of off spring, when the woman is stabbed in the stomach, I think it might have damaged her in such a way to made her un- incapable of having children. Possibly. Um, but- so she took the others and it sounds like Peg had a baby in it died and she died in childbirth so the baby right and, and maybe that's why they took uh, darlin that's why she took darlin to the hospital yes that's one of the reasons why darlin has gotten taken to the hospital absolutely um mm-hmm. now the woman uh was also stealing all of the other kids where she would like kidnap babies and raise them as her own yeah. or whatever um you know like the oldest like male adult one was first stolen the old like the oldest daughter or lady that she had stolen in the first one was second stolen that was the in the offspring 
offspring. And then there was clearly a baby there that I don't think any of them had. And yeah. now it's kind of time to talk about the select, the sex slave guy uh, a little bit. He was actually taken uh, as a breeding stock and only a breeding stock. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's why the oldest daughter was constantly mating with him because they were trying to get a baby from her as well. So what, yes. what the woman basically only wants is basically a child to raise in her ways to continue this lifestyle going is what she yeah. wants. That's all she really Pretty wants. Much. Yeah. And every time her family is slaughtered, she continues to attempt to try again in some way. We literally just saw her healing up and immediately when she was fully back to full strength or whatever and escaped from that cellar, the first thing that she does is take children under her wing and basically go to raise them as her own. Yes. You know, I believe that the reason she doesn't harm Peg was because she wanted Peg's child. Yes, I believe that's a fact. She can tell. Uh, and then she didn't hurt Darlin because Darlin was nice to her and didn't hurt the dog because it's just a dog to her. Well, and also they would follow her and do what she says and she, yeah. would, she would definitely be in charge and she needs some bodies to help her survive. So she's being practical as well. Like she needs this clan to help keep her going. Well, yeah, you need a crew. <laughs> right. Okay. So let's move on. Uh, at the end of the clip, that leads into a prayer montage, and we see that Darling is picking up more and more of the brainwashing, but is also rebelling with the one wild girl while listening to the music. And it doesn't look like Darling's having any of the devil's lettuce, but the other girl is definitely smoking that devil's lettuce. Yes, she definitely is. Yeah. The bad girl admits that she got the weed by letting a delivery man molest her and then asks if anyone has ever fondled Darling. Now, yeah. they kind of just blow over it, but that's clearly what happened. The girl is clearly traumatized by it, but she was desperate for the weed, so she let him do it. And she was just grateful that he was creeped out to do anything more than that because of how young she was. But that's still yeah. fucking gross. All of that. Yeah, all gross all the time. Nothing good about it. Now, Darling responds to the question about if she's ever been fondled by saying that she is afraid of dying in childbirth, but not necessarily that way. She basically says about her inside come out or whatever. And, yeah. But basically she means she doesn't want to die in childbirth like her older sister. And the other girl mistakes that for uh, being like figurative and not literal, I guess. But she still is taking care of her. And I wasn't sure if maybe the bad girl might actually have liked Darling, like more than just a friend or if this was just a friendship thing but either way they are getting they're getting along and she's very kind to darling and it's nice to kind of see these moments like this with this yeah uplifting humanity almost could just be friendship you know well that's the end of the first hour if you want to debate that out some more or we can just keep moving on the interest no, of I'm, I'm, I'm with you we can keep moving I, <laughs> I, it, it, but I think it's a it's a solid friendship not a lot of friends you know probably are made in this environment so I guess it's I'm just nice to have some I guess I'm just used to the sensation moments that happen in the other movies to where yeah. I'm looking for some sleaze where it isn't, even though I know that there is sleaze where it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, see, it's not everything has to be all sleazy. All right, we move on to the next 20. Darling is then being led to the bishop. She asks if she has done something bad, and the priest talks about how this current test is very important to keep away the devil, and he asks her about original sin and what the world would look like before that, before original sin. She gives the brainwashed answer, and he eggs her on, feeling rapey and sleazy the whole damn time, which yeah. when I wrote that, he immediately then after that asks the young girl to take 
off her clothes. She shrouds it in a bullshit, something about being faithful that you can be innocent before God or something like that. Or, you know, that that Adam and Eve could couple in the garden without having to be married because of they they were so innocent. And is she in that state? If so, she can be naked and show that or something along those lines. It's fucking gross. Whatever it is that he was trying to do. Yeah. But, But as she strips down, the twist is that she is already pregnant and he is horrified to find out this is the case and abandons even trying to do anything with her because someone else got there first. This guy literally has an obsession with being the first person a very, very young girl apparently would have sex with. Yeah. But that also is rape. What he's doing is rape and it's molestation because they're way too goddamn young and they're being groomed and all that shit, which is pretty standard for the Catholic Church. I'm not even, why am I even like saying this in outrage? We're just used to this now by the Catholic Church. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is par for the course when it comes to the Catholic Church. They are all pieces of shit. There is a, there is a montage after this of everyone looking at Darling differently now. And it seems that her being pregnant is what led the woman to take her to the hospital. Instead, she got shipped off to a religious rape factory. Yes. Well, by the religious uh, uh, the religious uh, hospital. Well, it just goes to show you that a vastly undereducated person would take someone to a Catholic hospital and then immediately lose them to that system. Yeah, yeah. They they really did uh, f- f- fucked around and found out. <laughs> There's one thing more brutal and more horrible and more uh, terrifying than uh, cannibal uh, wildlings, and that is uh, the Catholic Church. <laughs> that leads us to our penultimate clip. You're worrying about something? It's God's will. Jeez, you sound like the twins. If everything that happens to us lot is God's will, then he's an asshole. Seriously. What's up? Yeah. What? God will save me. Not from that he won't. How did you know? How did you not know, Stoner? God will forgive me and I will be saved. All right, you're the expert. Coat hanger, knitting needle, overdose laxatives. Everybody knows that. You, you've got to speak more quieter. Or we could help push you downstairs. Our mom told us she tried everything. Yeah, but God showed her. Here, Here we, we are. are. Ignore Dumber and Dumber over there. I'll be fine. I'll be saved. So will your baby. No baby. You'll still have your baby. Immersion in the waters symbolizes your choice to let your carnal nature die. When you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Sister Jennifer, why aren't you filming this? This leads into a baptism for Darling, who is convinced that God will save her from the baby when all you really need is Ken Forhey. Yeah, yeah, right? That's that's all you need is Ken Forhey. He takes care of everything. <laughs> the baptism is filmed at the behest of the bishop. Darling has more morning sickness in the different montage and or cutting back and forth. Turns out the bishop has a pattern of sexually abusing young girls in his charge, shocking no one in his disgusting justification, and proving once again that all Catholic institutions are 
are rape factories for priests. Yes, these are facts. <laughs> and see, I wrote this thinking you were going to be pissed, and now you're like worse than me with this. Nope, uh, organized religion's a fucking scam just to get you separated from your money. All right, then. The nun helping him was also one of his victims, it turns out. He justifies yes. it and covered up the past rapes, uh, which is the real reason this particular rape factory is being closed. So he justifies everything that he's done. He's covered up the past rapes, and the past rapes are the real reason why this particular rape factory is being closed. And he yeah. thinks that doing this thing with the feral girl will save it through the publicity, and then he can continue his illicit activities. The nun yes. realizes this and has finally stopped being gaslitten by this fucker and then threatens him, but he fights back by demanding she disappear or he will have her excommunicated and she won't be able to do any more nun work at all. Ugh, what an asshole. We then cut from this and see Darlin cleaning the floor and then she gives a sniff and a taste of bleach, which gives her an idea as we see the woman following a pregnant couple into a baby store. They're cutting back and forth here. The woman takes a carrier off the dude and just walks out with it. <laughs> you see her like almost being followed, but then like the security guard doesn't really do anything. But then you wonder like yeah. maybe he did go after her, but the woman just killed him. Like mm -hmm, right. she just does shit and gets away with it. Like nobody can stop anything she does because that's just, she just gets to do whatever she fucking wants cut back and see that the bishop is interrogating Darling about who knocked her up. The woman looks to snag a baby, possibly. Darling talks about the rock climber and how he came inside her. She said something about he bled white blood into her. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh. <laughs> and then was killed by the woman, so she was forced to eat her lover's face. Darling yes. confesses to all the cannibalism, and it is apparently too much for this rapist bishop's delicate sensibilities. And that is the end of that 20 minutes. Man, when she bought the uh, bit the fucking lower cheek off that kid, that was something else. <laughs> that's a uh, that's some hardcore shit right there. <laughs> right, it has a few moments where it goes for the gore and the grue and shows you just how horrific their how horrific their lives were. Mm -hmm. But it finds a way, and I fucking feel horrible to say this, but it finds a way to humanize these cannibalistic monsters and make you realize that they just don't know any better. They don't have the same subject of morality that we do. They're literally doing what they need to survive and we are just another animal to them it's okay to eat yeah yeah exactly and uh jesus uh <laughs> i mean it's bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's horrific to definitely think about yeah Ooh, you want to close man. this out or do you need to talk about it some more uh no yeah let's close this out let's get this done <laughs> <laughs> all right we're in heading into the final 20 the woman makes her move to snag her a new baby She's given up on Darling and she's just going to steal a baby and move on. When she tries, the baby is saved from her, but the woman that snags the baby up and protects it leaves behind a paper that has a shot of Darling on it, and it shows that Darling is being kept at the Catholic rape factory. They cut yes. from this to Darling is dressed up in what appears to be a wedding gown, complete with a white veil, and all the girls are preparing her for some kind of child bride situation. Oh, no, no, it's just a communion. This is her first confirmation is all. That's They're just dressing her up as a white bride for Christ in this. There's nothing gross about this yeah, ritual nothing, at all. Nothing weird about this at all. Nothing to see here. Move <laughs> along. This is all just fucking terrible. Yeah. But move along. The woman heads back to the squat and is helped by the ladies to find out how to storm the rape factory. Then we cut back and we see that the bishop is preaching all fire and brimstone and the communion and is using Darling in full promotional mode at this point. We see Darling prepping to make a little dead milkman song <laughs> with a bleach bottle. <laughs> uh, they were drinking bleach. It's just, you know, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Not sure if she thinks this will cleanse her spirit or 
or if she just wants to die or she's trying to kill the baby. Like, I don't I know. I think she's trying to kill the baby. That's what I got out of it. Well, she said that God's going to save her soul and they kept telling her how she had to clean herself. So she's been cleaning stuff with these products. So maybe I just I don't know if that was the case or what they were trying to symbolize there. Regardless, she drinks the fucking bleach. Yes. <laughs> Regardless, she's drinking bleach. That's happening. <laughs> then we see that the woman is marching with her crew as the ritual begins to confirm the young girls and boys. We then see Darling is the final piece of the show as it appears that the bleach is taking hold. She kind of stumbles in a little bit as she's walking up, and that leads to our final clip. Open your mouth, child. Body of Christ. She doesn't want to. Sister Jennifer is having one of her episodes. You can't force her. This man abuses the children in his care. Sister Grace, Sister Grace, please remove Sister Jennifer. I am sorry. It's body of Christ. It should be God. A man of God draws a first blood and brings her into obedience. You can understand that now that you're an adult, can't you? I am sorry. It's front of the children. It's disgusting. Get her out. Body of Christ. And that was the noise of Darling taking a huge fucking chunk out of the bishop's hand, horrifying everyone still left in the congregation, even though there is proof he is a rapist and no one seems to be bothered by that that sticks around. Yeah. That's, uh, he's a rapist and he, he really needs to be dealt with. Darling then vomits up blood onto the priest, which causes a lot of the kids to puke as well. So this may be the best confirmation that has ever existed. Yeah, this is, this is good shit. <laughs> the attack causes a miscarriage for Darling and the, the nurse comes in to check on her. Well, not the attack, but the bleach drinking causes a miscarriage for Darling, I believe, or she's giving birth. Something's happening here. I'm not sure which. Yeah, yeah, I think she's start I think she's just going into labor. The nurse comes in to check on her as she screams in pain. Just then the woman and the squatters come into the church and the woman sees that Darling is in pain and immediately spears the priest dead with a Christian flag. That was badass. That was awesome. <laughs> the woman is there for Darling and seems to perform some kind of C-section which the nurse doesn't try to stop <laughs> or at least does something to get the baby out of her but takes the baby right there in the church. Dar Darling just tells the woman to take the baby, which she does as the cops can be heard rolling in in the background. Darling yes. is given some kind of drink, which it may be a last communion or something like that. I don't know. By another priest, or it might just be a drink of water. As the woman exits the building, the cops are rolling up. Roll fucking credits. Good God almighty. So the woman sacrificed the baby to the wolves and the woman. She gets caught, but then heals up and gets away. It's three baby factories in her eyes, basically, because that's all she yeah. wants at this point is another baby. Um, she's gone tomorrow, but that's all that she wants is another baby. I'm sorry. It's sorry. another baby. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. That, sorry that, what, what are you doing over here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting delirious after this third movie review because I haven't I know, eaten Jesus. and I'm fucking starving. <laughs> we yeah, started right? this before I even had breakfast, my man. We've been at this yeah. all fucking morning. Right? Oh, I know, right? <laughs> I haven't eaten shit. <laughs> I'm glad you haven't eaten shit. 
shit. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> see what yeah, I did there? Yeah, but yeah, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this film is definitely more ethereal and dreamlike and sort of like a fever dream. But the gist of it is essentially they were afraid that Darling was going to die when she gave birth and they knew that Darling was pregnant because that's what happened to her sister. Yeah. So the woman took her to a hospital because the woman would rather lose her as her charge than have her die, mm-hmm. but still wanted her and the baby and wanted to take care of her. So the woman was somewhat, it looked like trying to integrate herself into society because she knew that she was going to lose this girl either way. Like, did you get that sense too? I don't know if she was trying to become a part of society or if she was just um, like having to be in society so that she can get everything together. Yeah, that's a possibility. I'm, it's really hard to tell, but the way that Pollyanna McIntosh plays it off, you definitely know that the woman is never like at a loss of what to do. She just doesn't know where to look for her in this world. Yeah. So she just basically starts making other plans where it looks like she's about ready to move on. And just as she's ready to move on and just steal a baby and go back into the forest like she's used to doing that's when she finds darling and that's what brings us all to a head and i really I, I like the way that they've laid it out and it is a brazen indictment of the catholic church in ways that like you probably would not be prepared for at the time of its release but it turns out that everything that they had to say in this movie was pretty true and accurate yeah they uh they did it <laughs> they they uh they nailed that one uh, they display it very matter of factly and very straightforward. Yeah, they it's don't. Not, uh, it's not sensationalized. It's not yeah, and it's it's not sanitized and it's not tried to make it look like well maybe it's not the case. No, it's systemic for the entirety of the church. There's a problem. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, yeah, everyone's got. There's a problem in the Catholic Church, and we need to solve it. <laughs> and I like that these uh, religiousless fiends come in and just wreck everything. Yeah, that's good for the fiends. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely rude for darling on this one i'm hoping that um the bleach that she drank will not be fatal and that she's going to recover it's just that with all the trauma and everything that just happened there on that day um that's what made her give birth and maybe she drank just enough bleach to induce the birth at the confirmation like maybe this was all part of their plan yeah (laughs) i guess like i i don't know like you know whatever's going on she was going to be you know brought back into society and then the woman kept the baby and that was their deal you know yeah that seems kind of like it or she she just wants that baby away from her now. Well, and she was convinced that the baby represents the devil and that's what was inside of her. She didn't understand that she was pregnant. You know, there's there's that as well, which also is, you know, pretty indictful of society and the treatment of these young girls and how they end up with, you know, being victimized in such a way. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff layered into this and a lot of stuff that you can really sink your teeth into and talk about. But if you're watching this as the end of the run for this series of films, it definitely is overload and sensation before you get to this film. So you can't process everything um you definitely yeah, right? you definitely want to just like give darling a viewing on its own it's, it's great to watch it in context with the other films absolutely but there are subtleties and indictments of society in this film that will be overshadowed by the brutality of the other films in your mind because you just won't be able to process it so give yeah. it a shot and watch it on its own at some point to get that information yeah agreed uh but it's it's really uh darling can be something that you could possibly yeah watch on your own um but yeah i i I thought it was a it was a great movie. 
So yeah, I told you they would uh, be good, but they're not yeah, easy watches. It was, it was brutal. Uh, this one, not as near brutal as woman. <laughs> like, again, that's the difference between a woman centric story told by men and then yeah, yeah. a male director and then a woman centric story told by a female director as well. Yeah. Uh, you so can see the differences of what they focus in on. Yeah. And you are very much right. <laughs> the horror that men do and the horror that uh, humanity has for those that are less fortunate than others is still very much on display here but the horror that we're getting is from the reality of what's going on in the catholic church more so than an abusive matriarch who is also a fucking serial killer apparently yeah yeah right and you're just like i don't know why you are the way you fucking are like this it's fucking terrible (laughs) yeah but the that horror and that that uh like the the man that is shrouded and protected and able to continue doing what he does versus what chris does who is basically shrouded by this family he keeps under a grip of terror to shroud him and pretend like he's not who he actually is you know it's it's a great juxtaposition to care like to look at all three of them and how they how they go when you start with the offspring as just what it is with that family and they're just trying to survive and the people that are that come they they come into contact with there we're very far apart from that very raw very fight for survival humanity of what's at stake and you don't get very much character development to more character development without any of that raw humanity and fight to survive other than just a few moments of hinting at it you know what i mean like the yeah the focus completely shifts by the third film but it does it in such a way that it actually just grows the story out and gives you even more character development and you at least get to learn what happened even though we don't get to see it we are told the story in flashback of what happened to peg and dog sister you know (laughs) yeah i love how he calls her dog sister (laughs) and i almost did that where i was calling her dog daughter i did that instinctually in my notes but it was because i kind of remembered her being referred to as dog sister here yeah but yeah holy shit it's a powerful fucking trilogy that will leave you feeling so fucking down and exhausted by the time you're not only done watching it but also done talking about it on your fucking show yeah yeah holy shit you you get left speechless after woman and darling is just not as bad but you still gotta survive it it's funny how it's a bit of a pick-me-up from the previous movie but in the same time it's still a fucking solid kick to the genitals where they leave the shoe behind yeah yeah exactly oh jesus christ let's just pull the chain on this entire franchise now and call it a day man because i'm fucking exhausted i don't know about yeah, you. yeah i'm done yeah. i'm done with that we're gonna play the ending legion promo and then we'll have some more music hopefully future court won't screw me over that is befitting of the films for the woman trilogy and when we come back we will close out this overlong goddamn 375th consecutive week if you enjoyed this show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcasts Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This Is The Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by The Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shade Cast, Short Bus Cinema, 
Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. So this is going to be closing out the episode and hopefully Future Court was nice to us all in all of his choices. And then hopefully I'm sure he was. Hopefully Future Court also found some fun stuff that is royalty free for him to play for the main feed as well. We'll we'll see what he does. But either way, this episode's gonna be over three hours and I apologize to everybody that has to listen to it. I don't know how people on radio shows talk for four hours on their show. Jesus Christ. <laughs> they have what's called stamina. Uh, I guess that's something we sorely lack here. <laughs> if you'd like to find other instances where we compare ourselves to talk show radio hosts in a favorable light for the talk show radio hosts, because we don't have the faces for radio even, you can find out all those previous 374 instances, legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast. We are fugly. <laughs> we really are. Speak for yourself. I was a model. No, you weren't. <laughs> yes, I was. I've got pictures to prove it. Don't make me You're post them. Don't make me post them in the group again. <laughs> Well, you can't wait to post them in the group again. <laughs> Apparently, you can't wait to eat because you're starving and we need to get I'm, out of here. I'm a fat boy. Yep, so. <laughs> well, I could post the photos even in our Legion Discord chat, although I'm not sure anybody would want to see them there. That's probably not the place for them. I could probably share it on our Instagram, cinema underscore psyops, but then again, they probably don't want to see that there. That's where I post thrice daily the memes during the working day for the working human being during my working hours, whenever I can yeah. squeeze it in. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, fun times. Those memes are immediately shared to our Facebook group which is probably the place that I should post that photo of me modeling again that Matt so nicely brought up. <laughs> I'm trying to gaslight you the there court, bro. Court, yeah I know. Court going too sexy for himself. <laughs> too sexy for myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you can find me on Facebook where I am Court Psyops and sometimes too sexy even for Facebook because I'm not very much there or very often am I there. You can also email feedback to court, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com and request the photo of me modeling but I'm not going to send it to you there. But you know, if enough people ask, maybe I'll put it back in the group. Who knows? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's been 375 weeks of this insanity and me just overindulging my own fucking ego to make this show happen. So kick the fuck out of this weekend. Make it your bit. <laughs>
Hey, can you hear me? Yes, I can. It was weird. I couldn't hear the Skype go off, though. That was weird, but I can hear you. Can you hear that? Yep. All right, start recording on your side. I am doing so. One, two, three. Everything's coming through. All right, so we got three movies to try and hammer through, so obviously no news because we're going to have more than a long enough episode to make yeah, me right. happy. So I also didn't get to do the music this week because I was too busy trying to get the clips and stuff, and it just completely slipped my mind. So we'll just kind of <laughs> do what we normally do, and we'll just hammer it out, try and get the recording done, and I will you know, go from there. But first, I need some marijuana, so I will play the intro. There you go. Delta 8, legal in this state. Hemp derived. Way to get high. <laughs> just wait. Just, just wait to that fucking crap. Crazy old man in the White House legalizes it federally. Yeah, Pete I, Ricketts will shit himself. <laughs> yeah, because he can't do the thing that he does about his excuse for gun control, where he's like, as long as it's allowed federally, we're we're fine with it here, and we're not yeah, going to yeah. add any additional restrictions. If he starts uh-huh. doing that to other things, that'll reveal him to be the hypocrite that he is. But we're not talking about that right now. We're gonna yeah 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 do, yeah, the, yeah, do yeah. this. That's shit. a different show. Yeah, so I'm gonna play the intro and smoke up a little bit, and then we All can right. get rolling. So here we go. Hit that shit. Can you over a look past court's jackassery future court and please just do us a fucking favor over here? <laughs> I gotta open Google Docs so I can actually read the notes. I forgot that I'm the one doing the fucking reviews this week, even though I'm the one that did all the clips. I know. Uh, Jesus. Sorry about that. Not very ladylike, is it? <laughs> I feel like I had just witnessed an exorcism and that's a great outtake. We'll get to that whenever the clip comes up. You're not wrong, but also I think that uh, this person just may be a little too liberal in their sensibilities because they have to be a trusting and kind human being in order for what happens to them to just yeah. opposed to the brutality and evil of the people that are coming to be set that evil upon them. What a beta male. <laughs> <laughs> Who, me for describing that? No, 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 him, the character. All right, whatever. And you for describing it. (laughs) And me for listening to it. (laughs) And all of us. And all of you. We're all beta soy boys. (laughs) <laughs> See, this is why I had you do the notes, because this is how the shows get shorter, because you have commentary for everything these people do wrong. Fuck it. I'm just saying, all right? It's freed. It's freed to comment on these people <laughs> without trying to convey the story to the listener. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's so nice. <laughs> Let my freak flag fly. All right. As? I'm also going to do this show pantless. I'm free, and this is. Wow, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it got real. It got real in here. All right, rain it in. We got a show to do. All right, we got, we got, yeah, we got a long show. I'm sorry. I'm raining it in. All right. All right, I got to hit the restroom real quick, and then yeah, I'll be back. Too. Okay, quick break, and just leave your stuff yeah. running, and we'll come back, okay? All right. I'm back. Are you back? I'm back. I'm back if you are. Yeah, I've been back for a little bit. All right. Um, uh, Bev was up, and she's like, are you recording yet today, or are you going to eat before you record? And I'm like, honey, we're already recording. We got three movies to get through. I just did the first one. We got two more to go. We're in the middle. We're in the thick of it. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, bring this in, and let me get my notes up. We're in the thick of it now, Court. You're in the shit now. I like it better when you have to do the notes because you have to focus. Ah, no need to focus. <laughs> yeah, if you want to get through this in less than six hours, there is. No. All right, I'll, I'll be better at this next time. Three, two, one.
375 weeks of this insanity and me just overindulging my own fucking ego to make this show happen. So kick the fuck out of this weekend. Make it your bit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Go ahead and stop your recording on that side, too. All right. I am done.